Friday night and we're in fucking Queens. It's Friday night and I'm in fucking Queens. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Live from Mirage. It's not Queens. What do you say there, bottle of A bar in a garage. Uh, garage with apple juice and dick in the morning. Mike and Yonkers, what's up, Mike? I'm laughing at you, not with you. Now that's the time. It's Friday night and I'm in Queens. Right. Goddamn right. Thank God. Live from the garage. It's Ronnie Wood from the Rolling Stones. I'm packing my pistol. I do quite well for myself. They put a barrage. Who is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Take two of these and call me in the evening. Holy shit, Jake. Zoot Zoot Charlie. Rusty Beard. Fucking fireball. Sir. Listen to Live from the Barrage. Don't listen to us. I once farted at the beginning of Master of Pups. Yo, Kev. I've only come out with night. Time to six. Go punks yourself. My Uzi of ooze. Nobody wants yeah. anything to ooze. You can tell by the way that I wear my pants. Um, Saturday Night Fever. man, no time to practice. Let's do the news. That's the news. And that's the news. <laughs> You wrong Tron, bro. Correct <laughs> Tron, bro. Oh, the Ryan game. Let's move on with the game. Thunderbolt. Tilt a Swinton, Dan. All day at my drawings. Thunderbolt. Oh, hey, all right. All right. I was just listening to Biz. The Biz? The Biz. Biz Marquis? Mm-hmm. He's good. He's very good. <laughs> Kids going places. Uh, for a second there, I just thought he died. I don't know why. What? I don't know. I no, just, just I know he, he didn't. It just like crossed Charlie my Murphy mind. Charlie Murphy died. Yeah, that's sad. That's not in the news. It's not in the news. No, but it should be. Yeah, no. poor guy. <laughs> and the news is uh, a man named Plank was killed <laughs> planking. <laughs> He's good. Welcome back to live from the broad here on Radio Nope. Uh, we're back again. Thank you, Tree Void, and his tremendous show. Preemptive strike, which you can hear. Every week, right before this show. That's the first time I've ever been able to do that. Oh, you listen to it in the car? Tom showed up on time. I'm showed up on time. I've never been here on time to say that. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy's here. we got an exciting show. We're going to be talking to Greg Prince, who wrote the Mike Piazza book at 9 p.m., right, Tommy? Yes, that's right. And, I swear uh, to God, I thought you were going to say Greg Prince. I know, that's what I thought you were going to say. Prim, who has no. not written a Mike Piazza book. Greg Prince, sorry. Greg Prince will be, uh, be calling in, and we'll be talking to him. Um, but of course, before that, we have a very exciting guest, um, Falco, Andrew Falcus from uh, Very cool. Hell yeah. Super excited about that. Future to the Left, Christian Fitness, and of course, McCluskey. And uh, hopefully, uh, I, I got to call him, and uh, he's if he's nice enough to pick up the phone, we'll talk to him. Yeah. So. That's actually one of the reasons I came early. I want to make sure that you have his number, because I have it. Yeah, I have. Okay. I have his Skype handle. Yeah, that's I it. believe, yeah. Handu. <laughs> Pat made an effort for that. <laughs> Pat's eating pizza. Um, a... Yeah, exactly. I had to launch myself up like I was hitting one of Anton Figg's symbols. <laughs> and I have uh, I have other big news. I have a new in, a new internet router with a higher speed. Oh, nice! So did you we'll get see. FiOS? I did. Yeah. Sweet. Oh, yeah. you just got FiOS? No, I have. I've had FiOS, okay. but uh, I, my router's old, and uh, now I have the uh, the higher speed FiOS. And I wonder, do they intentionally? hold you back from the higher speed to charge you for the the speed that you could have in the first place. Is it, in, is it inside the box, or is it just some dude who hits a button, like, all right, let him have it, because yeah. that seems illegal. Yeah, they do all sorts of shit like that. Fuckers. But, dude, that means less dropouts, maybe. That'd be great. Yeah, that's what we're going to find out tonight. Speaking of dropouts. Hopefully it won't, won't drop out at all. Mario <laughs> 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 just barged in here with Arby's and Taco Bell. Well, that's my Arby's. Tom brought Arby's. That's his taco. I'm eating pizza. Jesus, <laughs> yeah, God. Marabra Taco Bell. We're slobs over here. What the hell's wrong with you guys? Don't you eat dinner at home? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't bring the pizza, though. I just stole it from your children. Uh, t- time out. You guys are both wearing Stuyvesant t-shirts. That's crazy. I have to uh, see if I can work this Skype. Let me turn down the 
thing so people can't. What do they do? Turn down for what? Hold on. You should throw a blade again, Tom. <laughs> Let's see if this works. Oh, I think it's working. No? Huh. huh. Let's see. Hmm. Let's see what's happening here. <laughs> this is some show. <laughs> I very rarely have to call a guest. I don't know what's going on. You're not calling them now, are you? Yeah. No, 8.15, my Oh, friend. I thought it was 8.05. Yeah, take it easy. 8.15. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. why am I thinking 805? Hang up on that dude. No, you sit uh, next to me. It didn't work anyway, so right. just when you get a chance, write it down and, and pass right. it to me, whatever right. that is. Yeah, Thank you. <laughs> right, 815, we'll be talking to Falco, <laughs> future to the left. Whoops. <laughs> it's been a long day for me. I was very sick last night. I slept all day. I'm not feeling well again. The sweat. What, what do you want? Can I get a mic check? I hear nothing here. Mm, yeah, all right. Hey, on. Mario. Can you hear me now? Yes, thank you. Um, turn it down. Yeah. <laughs> I heard there's a crazy show, so I came early for you, Captain. No, thank you. I appreciate it. The Met Man is calling in. I'm ready. I'm armed and prepared. Mary Let's go Mets. For that. What a game last night, huh, Captain? My my plan was to go to sleep at 9 o'clock, and then they, the oh. Mets had to go into 16 innings of baseball, <laughs> and I stayed up all night. I know. I, I, I put on Pagano hot that I missed it all, and the first guy who's yelling at me is like, you, what do you mean you missed it all? I what are you talking about? Last night when I came back in from the garage, because I'm not on the internet when I go in the garage, so I wasn't chatting with you guys during the game. Right. Fascinating. Weren't they, weren't they losing the whole game and then they won in the end? No, no, no. No? no if Cespedes no. would have slid, we could have all gone to bed early. Mm-hmm. But I, I like late He's games. He's so lazy. He really, I, I used to not think that, but he, does, he just doesn't, doesn't try <laughs> on he, the bases or the outfield. He doesn't slide. He doesn't. He's just lollygagging around out there. He's having a good old time. Well, what's his name? Never told him to go down, right? What's his... Down, I, I down. Where's the on-deck hitter? The third hitter? base coach? On-deck hitter's job. Yeah. yeah. He's troop leader. <laughs> <laughs> He's troop leader. Yeah. What's that guy? The coach. Mm. He's supposed to tell the players to do things, yeah. It's not the coach. It's the I next know. batter. Okay. Well, it was an exciting game, nevertheless. Eight to eight for many extra innings. Home game or away game? It was away. They played Miami, and they, uh, Miami hit a grand slam in the first inning. You figure that's the game over. Right. And we... Tie it up in the next inning, and then go ahead. It's beautiful. Wow. Back and forth. It's fun time. just wouldn't slide. It was, yeah. He would hot. not slide. It's too hot. He doesn't like it when it's cold. He was mesmerized. He's sucking the playoffs because he he's freezing out there. He was mesmerized by those memories behind home plate. Did you see that? You're busy sucking the playoffs. Who's memories? Yeah, there, there was, some, was uh, yeah. this guy, the Miami Marlin guy who goes to every game and sits behind home plate, brought three luscious uh, cohorts with him, and their job was to distract everybody. And did it work? It worked with me. <laughs> well, I, I stopped watching the game. <laughs> Do you have that number for me or what? Oh, thank you. Jesus. <laughs> it's the one at the top. Yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> All right. I just texted our sub-producer to hmm. double-check on that. We're so, calling yeah. London, England. We have many. Uh, no, shit, we're not shit. calling London, England. What? I don't think. We're calling Cardiff, Wait, England. Cardiff, Wales. Cardiff. Cardiff, Wales. There you go. I don't like being called England. Ooh, yeah. It's the, the UK. Just say it's the UK. Where the fun. cardigan comes from. Uh, Wrong. Also incorrect. <laughs> Cardigan comes from Asia, Mary. And we're interviewing Tab Falco. I t- interviewed him in 1985. Right, what are you doing? Just come on my show to do shtick right away? I'm, Who? Glad, I'm so glad you showed up early to help. All right. These you know two, what? You just try to bu- Turning the mic around and I'm going to eat tacos. <laughs> See you in 15 minutes. <laughs> Please try to chew directly into the microphone. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, why don't you take him over to the table over there or something? Yeah, I don't want to hear that bag and the rustling and everything. Turn the mic away from <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, so Pat's here, Tommy's here, and of course Mario's eating his Taco Bell. Mario's How you guys opening doing? his Taco Bell on mic. I'm doing good. I went to see Bon Jovi last night. Oh, well, why? 
How's John Bond? John's hanging out. John there, Bond? Man. Yeah. He's Tell a, John Bond he said hi. He's a little older these days. It was more of a crooner show. You know, he was kind of like he was by himself. No, no, he was. He was. Uh, you know, it was just singing for the band. But there was did no. He play, did he play? Don't want to miss a thing. No, <laughs> no, but there was no Richie Sambora. What Angel? Did they do that one? No, different band. Different band. But there, Richie Sambora we got kicked out because he was an alcoholic, I think. So he was out. But uh, somebody threw me free Skybox tickets, dude. Well, they replaced him with Richie Samboring. <laughs> and so I just kind of rolled in, uh, like, on the free tip. Richie Sambonamasa. <laughs> and I came in, like, about two hours late because I caught, the, like, the last ten songs. But <laughs> <laughs> Good thing you put those free tickets to use. Yeah, but then, then I re- looked at the set, and I didn't understand. The, like, I didn't know any of the songs previous to the last... Two, ten songs, so I didn't miss anything. What you never saw a Twister? No, what? No. <laughs> How about Young Guns? <laughs> they didn't. Oh, they did play that earlier on. <laughs> they, they closed with uh, "Wanted Dead or Alive," and then they went right into uh, "Living on a Prayer." All right, but the, <laughs> the double big, shot, double shot, big yeah, hits right there. That was the way to go out. I choose so dead. Two, so two for Thursday. <laughs> well, he had bronchitis, in. so they, he moved. They canceled that show last Saturday, and they moved it to uh, to today, right? Or mm. yesterday, whatever. So. Interesting. He's and been then, saying that for three years. <laughs> And then I'm going to see Poison and Def Leppard tomorrow. Right. Jesus Christ. Even more exciting. With Tesla. <laughs> so that should be a, like, Is te- a- Tesla has the tickets and you're going with them? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Those I paid for, those were like 29 bucks, like in the nosebleeds, you know? Mm-hmm. How much were the Bon Jovi tickets? They were free Skybox tickets, dude. Uh, where? Did they have food? Where At was the garden. It? At the garden? Yeah. yeah. There was, no, it wasn't catered. Yeah. That Bon Jovi better, uh, he's busy melting my ice. The Rangers get back to home to play in the playoffs. You know that ice better be in good shape, John cool. Bond. Check this out. They play Thursday and they're playing there again on Saturday. Yeah. So my friend's in production. He's the one who hooked me up. I, I saw a picture that he posted on Instagram after the show. He was the last guy to leave. Yeah. They left the garden completely spotless. They took everything out yeah. only to put it back 24 hours later. Yep. What a fucking hassle. Well, I will tell you this about the garden. The ice is there underneath this floor the entire season. What? The ice is underneath the basketball court huh? the entire time. Not the water, though. It's ice. It's, it's ice. frozen water. It's kind of nice. like water. It's, it's, it's like water, but it's hard. Low temperature. No, but they, 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 they don't release those dragons, right? They just keep it in the pipes, and then they release it. On no, the- no. The ice is always there, and it's only like an inch and a half thick or something. It's, first. No. it's underneath the, the basketball court. They so lay the uh, basketball court right on top of the ice. Right on top of that. Is it, is it dry ice? or is it, uh, <laughs> No, it's, it's water. It's water. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Dry ice? dry ice? What do you think making? You think the hockey work, players right? skate on no, dry ice? It's like a smoke skin, machine. Right? Yeah, that I don't know how it works. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it's wow. smoking. No, if somebody throws like any, a, a bottle of soap down there, everyone will die or something. Right. How many here? There's some linesmen so here. That explains why the Knicks are doing so bad. Yeah, it's the, the court is cold. It's cold. Right. They, they got cold feet. Yeah. But no, but they do is they, they, they make, there's a slab of concrete down there. They make that freezing cold. Then they mist it with water, and it freezes on top of the cold concrete, and then they leave the ice there well, the whole time. Why would all right? Why would they leave it cold the whole time? Because it's easier than taking it apart and doing it every yeah. single night. You know, it takes it takes a long time for that ice to freeze. That's what I said about. Bon they have Jovi. to do it. They have to do it slowly, or else the concrete will crack. So once you get it down to that temperature, you don't touch anything. You don't leave touch it. Nothing. Yes, sir. Don't touch Just nothing. Leave it. Just leave it the way it is. Leave it alone. Sound like Bob, Tom, Tommy? Right. What did I tell you? Don't touch it. <laughs> what did I tell you? Start messing around <laughs> with it. You can have problems. Stop. Go. Wait. <laughs> Don't touch. We should invent dry yes. ice hockey. I think that'd be great. Yeah, we like should. people start losing limbs and pieces. Well, of skin. That, that's what I was saying about Bon Jovi. They had You're a, like Laser Floyd. <laughs> they had a very minimal stage setup, so like they're not only saving money on that stuff, but like it's just a lot less hustle for the union guys to sh- tear Ooh, it up and set it down. Bon Jovi on ice. <laughs> <laughs> 
Slippery when bon wet. Tour. on dry ice. <laughs> they had some pretty good slippery when wet merch. I mean, I think he's still kind of harping on the '80s, you know. You, are are you accusing Bon Jovi of still harping on the '80s? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they had more modern merch like "This House Is Not For Sale" and all that other you stuff. You do the whole merch scout thing when you're a, at a show. You always scope out the merch sort of thing, and do you try to undercut the uh, merch person there? Is that uh, because you're a, you know you have no ethics? <laughs> no, I just <laughs> I look at the merch and I turn to my like guest and I'll be like, I'd make that. I'll make that at home for twenty bucks and. He's got, a, right. he's got an old tradesman van with dual round <laughs> headlights. Yeah, don't tell him. He's my car. Yeah. It'd be a better deal. Is the band Bon Jovi old enough now that they bring one of their kids out to play with them? Oh, oh God. They probably would, yeah. but they didn't do that. I mean, I showed up two hours late, so if they did that, I would. Bon Here's Ron Bon. Ron Bon. Ron Bon Jovi, Jr. He's in a wheelchair. He's in a place. He's going to play Blaze of Glory. He's going to wheel, wheel his ass out there. Yeah, but they were like Let's a, go out in the Blaze of Glory. There were a lot of like older, like kind of middle-aged like housewives from New Jersey there, like throwing like roses and panties and shit on the stage. He was like a total like crooner. Panties? No, not panties. Panties. Threw panties, panties, at him. panties. Oh, panties. <laughs> And like I thought point, there was an anti-Semitic <laughs> thing going on. There. Get off the stage, Poncho. Yeah. yeah, this is how much this concert's worth. Batteries at him. We went to see uh, uh, the Monsters of Rock yeah. years yeah. ago, and Kingdom Come opened up, and the lead singer came out doing his best Robert Plant, and the whole crowd just started whipping quarters at him. Oh, shit, dude. It was probably more money than their per diem. Oh. <laughs> Why quarters? Is that symbolic? It's the heaviest uh, coin we have. In the, uh, Cheaper than dollars. Exactly. They didn't have Susan B. Anthony. So <laughs> they weren't. They were getting ready to play Defender. Right. Quarters are heavy. Easy to find. <laughs> easy to whip. At one point, he took his shirt off and like he threw it in the crowd, and these like older like women started fighting for his shirt. He t- he went shirtless. Well, yeah. I mean, he's like, like sixty-five years old. He had like a sleeveless underneath, like he was doubled down. <laughs> and then he had to tell the ladies to kind of like calm down. Calm he was like, "Take down, it easy, ladies. Lady. I'm not worth fighting over." Oh boy, people, people. I like those commercials. If Who's we could fighting turn back and time. what fool? <laughs> Who is time. fighting and what fool? Everybody, mellow out. Who opened for them? I wouldn't know. I was two hours late. No, oh, two hours late to the show. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's two hours late to this show usually. <laughs> I was working. Man, I was doing the rounds. The I hear you. I hear you. I'm not saying anything. Yeah. So, how much did you actually see? I saw the last eight songs, which were like all hits, like "Lay Your Hand on Me," "Bad Medicine," <laughs> "New Jersey." Really, really. Uh, Turn back time. There's a song called "New Jersey." Yeah. There no, was, there's not. Yeah, like there was a title track. No, that was an album. Was right? <laughs> it was in the album Trenton. Oh yes, yes <laughs> Trent Trent. <laughs> Uh, Dead or Alive, which oh, they God. they did, and uh, you give love a bad name, and living on a prayer, which he he kind of goes low for nowadays. He doesn't he can't get the high falsetto, so he's got to go kind of the low end over there. You did know. they do the the pussy set? What, what's that? <laughs> Whoa, we're halfway there. Oh, yeah. Totally, mm. super like semi acoustic. Bust out those black acoustic guitars with the yeah. stars in them because they're stars. Right, it's a sad story. It shouldn't sound upbeat, you know. Mm. Yeah. I gotta say, man, I'm not. I'm not really happy with like the new modern look of the average aged rocker. Like their whole style is like black vests and like purple shirts and like lots of rings and slick back ponytails. Like the, every rocker now is dressed like he's in, like in a John Ravedos ad or something like that. Doesn't you were at a fucking John Bond concert, man. Yeah, I guess so. I've never been, you know. So I'd not, I'd know what, what are your expect. recommendations for uh, wardrobe? Oh, well, you're looking at it, dude. T-shirt, jeans. Never been to a gay bathhouse, but I have a fair idea what to expect. <laughs> yeah, black leather vest. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Hey, John, you want that handle? I have it. I don't know. It's not working. Hmm. Um, I might have no money in <laughs> Skype. <laughs> you want my credit card? <laughs> Just shout out no, your credit I have card money. number on the air there, John. 
Oh, I have to reactivate my credit. What the hell is that uh, about? That's by the weird. way, if the audience is wondering what Tommy is wearing, he looks like he's about to renew his CDL license. He looks like a real lock, real rocker, though, <laughs> as opposed to those people at the John Bond show. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of, like, like dental assistants from, like, Manalpin. Dan- oh, man. I was in Manalpin this, were this week. Yeah. Doing what? Uh, uh, considering hanging myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you go for the good tile. I was there to pick up tiles. That's correct. In Manalpin. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It's a fucking horror that. show. I figured the one good thing that I had going for me was, well, at least I get to get a good Jersey diner, right? Yeah, yeah. of course. No, no, no dice. No dice. Right. All diners are good in New Jersey. Uh, I know, but none of them were open. You found the one. Why, a holiday? No, I don't know. Mondays. Oh, that's lame, dude. Yeah, clearly not good for business. Speaking of which, do you guys see uh, all sorts of... <laughs> you, you just move right on. No, put, the, put, uh, don't, don't let the conversation bother you. <laughs> what? I mean, do you have more? Exactly. Uh, uh, no, I was going to say that I had to settle for some pizza. Oh, and that's why you're eating pizza. But it was now. actually good pizza. Sitting. Oh. Mm. I know in I'm Hoboken. I'm not in Plan, New Jersey right now, Thomas. I'm sitting here right in front of you. <laughs> Hoboken has really good pizza. Seven star. You guys have those big slices? <laughs> Whatever pops slice. in your head, you just say it right out loud. <laughs> Don't worry about Speaking it. Speaking of which. Speaking of which, did you guys see these factions of people chasing around like uh, those crosses today in the back of a pickup truck? Like in Williamsburg, there was like this pickup truck holding like a huge cross, and there was like 40 or 50 churchgoers, and cops were kind of like mm. moving around for Good Friday. It's Good Friday. Yeah. Mm. You guys see that? That's the way the Italians do yeah, Good I don't Friday. Know. Everything's always weird on Good Friday. I couldn't park on the street at all. There must be something going on down the block. Yeah. I noticed that too. Yeah. So I parked in the driveway. You can't get drink in Ireland. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. They mm. close the churches, they close, they close the bars. Why? That's mm. how it goes. Because. Jeebus. That's why. <laughs> Our Lord and Savior. Jeez. Going to figure this out. Exactly. Why is it not working? Mary, what are you shuffling over there? Oh, I'm I'm getting my Mets stuff ready. Who? Uh... <laughs> oh, for the for the Forget interview. about Mr. Falco. No, I'm ready for the Met guy. No, Bring him on. Go go go. You go up to go take a break for an hour. Then. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I don't know what's happening. Mary, so, you, it looks like this. you have like six weeks of notes over there. I have some various notes on various talking points that He's I've got put together. Pictures. You know, it's I've like been off all week. Like someday you'll realize this is a radio show. Mary's the only one putting photo mats in business. <laughs> yeah, I can see what he's about to do. You're about to describe the pictures you're holding in your hand, aren't you? All right, this is a picture of Mario oh, Jesus. holding a baby that says Piazza on the back. Is that Mike Piazza? Are you holding Mike Piazza from like? I am years as now? a child. I coddled him in my arms. He bought a DeLorean on eBay. <laughs> Mary, he suckled your nipple. Sucku. You look like you're like 18 years old. Christ. That is uh, my son at Piazza's last game. Really? Yeah. And I've been trying to track down Piazza to sign that jersey for years now. And now's your chance. So tonight I will get to the bottom of it. You can see his ass on Google Maps. Google. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, host? In just a second, uh, we're going to be talking to uh, Andrew Falcons. Manalapan! <laughs> Live from the broad here on Radio Nope. Tile capital of the world. Capital. <laughs> How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, staying busy and uh, I don't know. That's about it. I haven't seen you like in a Stay week. Staying busy. That's about it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I finally hooked up the sound There's system no of the help. bar. And things became very real. All right, I think it's working. Hold on. Is the end in sight for you? The end is very close. That's nice. awesome. Yeah, either for the for, for me or my bank account. <laughs> hey, one how's of going? the two. Hey, uh, Andrew, can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. How you doing? I'm. Yeah, I'm about to 
I'm a solid six out of ten. Six out of ten. <laughs> what what time is it there? Like uh, Friday or something? Or Wednesday? It's, it's twelve. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Wednesday. That's how, that's, that's how time works. It's not linear in Britain. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it's it's twenty past one in the morning on oh, Saturday. Oh, I see. Are you okay? Thank you for uh, doing this. I don't mean to uh, disturb you, but I appreciate it, man. It's it's a pleasure. You catch me just after the disappointment of sport and then curry. So oh, I see. Did you did your uh, fo- your football club lose the game? No, they drew the game in the last second. Ah, so. sounds familiar. Who's your yeah, who's your team? I'm from uh, Newcastle, so I'm Newcastle United. Yeah. How are they doing? Newcastle United, the might. Uh, they're they're probably going to get. They're in the the championship, which is our second division. They're probably going to be promoted but it's it's all a bit underwhelming to be honest with you i think after being a fan of any club for years you it's a it's an abusive relationship isn't it you're jaded you're jaded but you can't stop picking at it like a scab or something so (laughs) exactly yes yes that's the situation we know all about it as we follow our uh terrible baseball team over all these years the Mets who are you know it's oh, like oh, you know, really? yeah are they really are no. they really are they really terrible no they're, they're good they're they're pretty good now but I mean it's right. it's been it's it's you know like a, we've been picking this gap for a long time yeah they were in the right. world series they were in the world series they lost that so it's almost it's almost worse that they uh, make it and that, lose, yeah know? that's the thing it's it's the hope that gets you in the end right right <laughs> when was when was the last time uh Newcastle won well Newcastle last won the league in 1927 and they won the fa cup three times the fa cup is like you know the, the knockout kind of challenge cup mm. they won that in 1955 um, and they won a trophy called the fairs cup a european trophy in 1969 so that is that's it so in my lifetime nothing you know Zero, zero, zero. That's zero, suffering. Zero. Right. Well, how when were you born? In seventy five, something like that. Seven, Seventy five, precisely. 75, yeah. So yeah, we're so the same age, and I've seen, I've seen our team win in our lifetime. But I was ten or eleven, and before uh, that, it was also nineteen sixty nine. Um, someone in the chat box saying that uh, they believe Newcastle will get promoted. Yes. Right. They, uh, they will get. They will get promoted. It looks. It looks fairly likely, but. Um, the, the Premiership is is such a uh, a competitive league. If if you know it, it, it can be really boring if you simply sport implies there's some kind of competition going on. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> if, you've got te- if you've got teams in a division who are just there to be murdered by teams who are financed by Saudi Arabian demigods, right. then <laughs> then it just it doesn't seem like sport. You know, if if you feel good with a heavy defeat, as long as it isn't really heavy, then. I, I I don't know. That, I think that's one of the reasons my enthusiasm has dropped away slightly. And yeah. also, it's fun to it's fun to bitch on about stuff. Right, me. it is. <laughs> I should. I'm not doing my radio due diligence here, no, and uh, I didn't introduce the guest. Um, we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking to Andrew Falcons from Future of the Left, Christian yes. Fitness, of course, McCluskey, uh, some of our favorite bands. Of you know our. And thank you. And, uh, and you, you could have introduced me as, as 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 William Corgan from the band The Smashing. <laughs> <laughs> Another favorite. Could, right. could, have, could have got off on a different different tangent entirely. <laughs> well, it's funny that you mention that because uh, most um, musicians that we interview, I always ask them the 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 easy question of uh, you know this like shitty question: Who's the biggest like uh, asshole in in rock and roll you've ever met? And and nine out of ten times. It's, uh, it's, never, it's William Corgan. 
I've never actually met uh, the, uh, the the Lord Mayor of <laughs> Lord Mayor of Misery, but um, really? I, you know, most the thing is, in in a way, with a question like that, most musicians are are decent people. I mean, their mm-hmm. music's deathly dull, but that I think musicians in general are are nicer than than the general the the general population. Yeah, <laughs> I like the idea of it being a gigantic prison and you know you've got uh solitary gen pop and then you've got musicians yeah <laughs> in another area all yeah. the prisoners lying until about 11 in the morning and big uh, hierarchy and coming up for excuses why their cells stink of weed <laughs> <laughs> now you you know a lot of people accuse you of being a prickly kind of guy but i don't see it you seem like a nice guy to me what the hell's wrong with everybody uh, well like you know like like anyone you can have your moments but Having a reputation for being difficult usually comes down to just not saying yes to any old shit. Right. Mm. Is is what I've is is what I've is is what I've found. But you know, you try and you just try and be generally nice to people until they give you a reason not to be nice to them. Yeah. I think um, it's hard. I mean, that that's it's very strange to me because even though obviously in terms of being in bands, you'll. The thing which always gets me is bad, bad venues, venues which aren't fit for purpose. Exactly. Uh, you know, terrible. I mean, you know, especially when you're lucky enough to travel the world and you turn up somewhere and maybe there's someone who's been waiting to see you for six or seven years, not literally just waiting to see you for six or seven years. That would be a, <laughs> that'd be a, spook, that'd be a spooky moment for all concerned. But I mean, you know, actually anticipating it and you're playing some, you know, in, in a bar where some chances put a PA, it's, and that in itself is meant to constitute a show. It should be. It should always be a bit more special than that. And it it still is a miracle. It it feels like a miracle to me when you actually turn up at a place and it's say acoustically well designed, or yeah. all of the or all of the crowd can see. As long right. as, right. as, long as, as or, long as there's enough people to justify the word crowd. Of or, or you're playing in a rock band and the uh, sound person doesn't tell you to turn down as soon as you plug your amp in. That's always nice too. Do you feel- <laughs> or, or, or you're not doing South by Southwest and the sound guy isn't on his his phone. Oh. <laughs> Do you get that a lot? Do you get because you guys are pretty loud, right? That, I mean, all your bands. That's, are, hap- yeah. that's happened. That's happened twice. I need to know before we continue. What's your um? What's your what's your policy on language? And by that, I don't mean do you speak French. I'm oh yeah, we don't give a fuck what you say. You're, <laughs> okay, all right. I mean, you know, it's not. It's yes, not thank you for asking. Of, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's not a question of descending into the gutter immediately. But if I have to, you know, if I have to to slip into a word, I like to know that I'm not going to lose somebody their nice time no thank you no be, 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 uh you know say whatever you like yeah now we're all idiots <laughs> <laughs> we're on we're on conan neutron's radio station we can do whatever we want here i'm a manchester united fan <laughs> oh i'm oh i'm sorry um and, and and from your from your accent you've got the normal um you, you've got the normal relationship to to manchester that most manchester united fans have <laughs> No, there is, right. there is a bit of a joke where you'll always meet people in Britain and they'll support Manchester United and you go, you're not from Manchester, what's the story? And they always say their dad's from Manchester. That's the thing people say. Oh, yeah, my, my dad's from Manchester. So it, in, my, in my generation, the male population of Manchester in the mid-70s, mid-80s must have been upwards of nine or ten million by my it's- understanding of how, of, of how that... And then there was a huge... And there was a huge journey, an exodus of Manchester United fans away from Manchester, and they've moved all over the world to to New York and London and spread, Malaysia. Spread the word. You know, it's um, funny. It's funny <laughs> you say that. I was actually traveling through uh, England, and I went to a Man U game, 
and it was like mostly tourists and whatnot. It's a match, yeah. Tommy. Yeah, God well, match, so. whatever. And <laughs> they, I don't know. Your game. It's not. That's not good. Right. <laughs> yeah, we were touring through, and they played with against Sunderland. I guess I don't know, but it was uh, it was quite an experience, man. It's a totally different crowd than sports over here. I'll tell you that. Yeah, in one way. Well, they're very silent during the game. You know, they they just they don't say much, and then out of nowhere, they just start these chants like without any sort of cue. You know, it's, there's a cue that you just don't. You're not hearing the uh, guy guess. starting it or something. Yeah. Sure. The cult, the culture of, of British sport is, especially football, has changed over the last twenty years. It used to be a lot more aggressive than it than it was. Um, I mean, I've only ever been to say one one baseball game in. Uh, in the states, which was a Wrigley Field, mm. and to be honest with you, that more seemed like people were out for a chat, and there happened to be some sport happening yes. right. at the same time. Uh, sorry, I did a bit of up, up talk there. I'm going to punch myself in the balls um, <laughs> to show that, make sure that doesn't happen. I've probably just been watching the wrong television programs or something. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, it was it was a very odd ex- experience to me personally, and it's probably a good job being in the. In the in the band I'm in, I don't really like being in big crowds. Yeah, um, I don't enjoy the experience of a feeling of a big crowd. So yeah, it's, that's why it's really good to be in a band to average playing to about two hundred and seventy two people. So, <laughs> that's the average. You figured it out to the number, huh? <laughs> you know, you know what I'm doing is most of the shows are less than that, but there's the occasional bigger show. So. It's a generous average, shall we say. I think that the mean could be anywhere in an idiot between 230 and 291, maybe. The median, the median average, I don't know what you guys, what your guys' favorite type of fucking average is. That'd be more like, that'd be more like like 210, 220. Right. And what's the average age, do you think, of the audience then? Average age? Well, that varies a lot. Um, In bigger cities like London, you'll get kids at the front. And by kids, I don't mean four-year-olds. I mean... Yeah. 16, 17 year olds. Um, uh, but the majority of the crowd, I would say, would be mid 30. That would be the mid-30s. that would be the majority. But in bigger cities, you tend to get a bigger range of, of people from, you know, kids all the way up to people in the 70s sometimes, which is which is the ultimate compliment and incredibly depressing at the same time. Oh, well, my son was like 14 and uh, he announced in school, everybody was, oh, what's your favorite band? Right? And he's like, future to the left. I think he got jumped. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can imagine just, yeah, the next step from having future to your left as a favorite band is is wearing a beret and I guess, and maybe telling people that, uh, telling people that you don't own a television apropos of absolute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the average, what do you think the average beard length at these shows are? <laughs> Now that very much depends on the on the country. Again, uh, there's say an older an older British crowd are going to be rocking the the bigger, bushier, less self conscious beards, shall we say? But um, in, in Europe, some countries you you can't move for beards, and it does get quite distracting. I mean, the beard thing it's climbed down a little bit now, but. Yeah. You used to be able to describe people. Five. This is the main problem. You go, oh, you know, you know yeah. Dan, and you go, Dan. You know the guy with the beard, and people would go, oh, Dan. Yeah, I know Dan. Whereas now, you know, you you'd be describing people on the basis who of who doesn't have a beard. Exactly. You know? It's almost like the tattoos. So the tattoos used to be know, cool. Maybe, maybe that's been partly behind the rise of far-right populism. I don't know. <laughs> you, uh, Christian Fitness has a new album coming out. Is that right? It, it that is correct. Yes. And uh, is it? Uh, I'll ask you another question. Is it called Slap Bass Hunks? 
It is. <laughs> it's absolutely correct. Well, the thing is, though, what, what is really funny, and because the previous album was called This Taco Is Not Correct. It's just now, a beautiful what, album title. It's, 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 yeah, it's tremendous. But, but the thing is, I didn't come up with them. What happened is um, I, I've done artwork for a while with a guy called, um, and I'm, I might totally slaughter the pronunciation of his surname, a guy called Michael Bukowski, mm-hmm. um, who, who uh, has a thing called Aesthetic Apparatus, which is in Minneapolis. Um, and I first became aware of him because he did a, a really cool gig poster for a McCluskey show in, I, I can't, I've, I've got the poster here somewhere, but I can't remember what year it was, 2003 or something. Um, and what happened is I gave him the idea, the rough idea. I said, I want, I want to be mounting a, a pyramid. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's all just a big <laughs> stupid juxtapositions and all it is. And, and he sent it back and I said, and just write a stupid title underneath. Yeah. And he sent it back and it said slap bass hunks. And I'm like, well, that's the title. And he's like, you serious? I'm like, of course it is. But it, it's the title because it absolutely bears no relation to the cover whatsoever in right. any in any way. And, and honestly, once you've got a title like Slap Bass Hunks, you can't not write a song called that. No, you can't go back on, on, on that. If no, the- I mean, why would you then come up with the, the serious title you had for the album? You know, let's call it... Let's call it slap bass hunks. And the good thing about calling it that is it makes some people I know paranoid that I've I've written it about them. <laughs> and, and and I and I haven't. Which it's completely so that makes it especially delicious. Completely meaningless. This talk yeah, com- like <laughs> the, the, where did this taco is not correct come from? Was that some kind of random word generator thing? It was exactly the same thing. Yeah. I said I said for the cover, I would like, and this is particularly funny to me because if there's one thing I'm like I'm known for, it's it's titles or whatever. So, but it means you can feed into people's expectations of that. I I said my idea was I wanted an angel sitting down, like holding his head in his hands. That was the like you know cr- crying or thinking or something. And he sent back an approximation of that, and underneath he had written just right words. Because to show me what the cover would look like, yeah. he didn't have a title at that time. He'd written this taco is not correct, and I went, "Is that a thing? Is that a kind of some idiom or some you know <laughs> stupid stupid saying you have over there that I'm just not familiar with?" And he went, "No, I just wrote four words," and I'm like, "It's perfect. Perfect. This taco is not correct. <laughs> this taco is not correct because it does. You know how many like times? A, it, yeah, right." It's, it's it's a quasi philosophical question, which means absolutely nothing, but it just proves. I've been thinking a lot recently about what it means to be an adult and what it means to be an adult is just pretending, you know, what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. in it. You know, none of us really know. What's happening. Yeah. And it's, this, it's conviction. Conviction is what defines art sometimes. If you come with a straight face, go, this album's called this taco is not correct. Some, someone somewhere is going, that's so fucking meta, man. That's so, that's so, <laughs> oh, it's, you're blowing my mind. Whereas in fact, I'm not. I'm not blowing my mind. It's interesting you say that because I, as I get older, and I believe I'm the same age as you. I'm 42. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh, you know as as you realize that no one knows what the fuck is going on, no one knows what they're doing. Like I I find myself stepping on like manhole covers less and like things like <laughs> since I know like how construction works now and how people are like you know everyone's an like it, it, the, you used to have this trust in the world like when you were a kid that people like did the correct job. And I don't have that anymore. I don't step on like the, the, those, you know, those like see-through grates in the sidewalk. I try to avoid those and stuff. Like you think that, you know, I don't know. The older I get, to realize everyone's a moron and no one knows what the fuck they, they're doing. Shook. 
Thank I you. I wouldn't go as far as I wouldn't go as far as Moron. I, I think I think Moron Moron gives it a, a certain I, I don't know a, a, a for me I, I genuinely don't think anybody knows what's going on. I don't think any kind of nastiness or mal, malfeasance or yeah. even being an idiot goes on. I I genuinely I mean as, as if it wasn't underlined by the political happenings of the last six months, which we absolutely don't need to talk about right. for just reasons of general general fucking sanity but you, you know like you know if you if you suspected that obama didn't know what was going on then you know that the the president who it turns out has followed him doesn't really know what is happening on a minute by minute basis yeah. and he's the president of of the united states of america right um and nobody really i mean do you really um i've had debates with friends about syria the, the Syrian situation for months and really do you do you know what's going on there do you do you know what's happening it's complex because, <laughs> because no because nobody really knows what what's happening do they? <clears throat> it's impossible to actually know was it right to was you don't know it's impossible yeah. to actually make a, a valued decision and yeah. I keep seeing people come into conclusions and you're like how how could you possibly how how do you possibly know that I don't know anything anymore you don't no one could know it's, it's, yeah. But they, but they all claim to know. I, I don't. I know. Uh, I could count on one hand the amount of people I know who, uh, if I ask them a question and they don't know the answer to it, they'll fucking make something up. And, and uh, people have a hard time just saying, "I don't know. I don't know the answer to that." I'm, I'm trying to. For, I'm working on it. Sorry, mate. You were saying what? Was no, saying? go ahead. Go ahead. No, we did an anti-war show like against the war in Iraq, like any loose left-leaning people in 2000, whenever it was, before the invasion of Iraq or around about then. And uh, it was a very revealing day because, of course, being an anti-war show, the sound guy showed up five hours late. You know, I remember remember saying to him, if this was a pro-war show, you can be damn fucking sure that those guys get up early. They get up early, they'd they'd be here. And frankly, this shambles shows why the left never does anything of value because you're all just, they're all just hobbyists in ideology. Do you know what I mean? They do. uh, They're not even necessary. But the funny thing about that show, I remember talking to the guy who'd arranged the show at the bar I remember talking to him about Iraq. Now, I'm, you know, lucky or annoying enough, depending on how you look at it, to have an interest in history. So, but, you know, I would guess just as an average British school child, I would have assumed that you would know something about how or why Iraq was created. And the fact that it isn't a country as such, it was created by the British just as, as a bulwark against other other forces. Yeah. But there's so many people would would dare to actually talk about Iraq without even having invested five minutes of their time reading about it on Google, um, which I've, I've, I've never, I've never forgotten that moment. You know, there really is, maybe, maybe there is shame, but, but there should be. I mean, why do people feel so shamed to not know stuff? You can't know everything. Why don't you just say, look, I don't, I don't know enough about the situation to make an informed opinion on it. They can't absolutely, do it. absolutely. I mean, I love pesto, especially red pesto. <laughs> <laughs> when, when I when I've made tomato pesto, it's it's been bad pesto, you know. <laughs> so I'll let somebody who can do that. I know nothing about cars. I've never driven a car in my life. I drove a uh, a Jack or Drummer's Stag Do. I drove a uh, like what do you call it? A it, it's not a Dodge whatever drive little cars around a fucking track i don't know yeah it's the only time i've ever done it and it was it was a terrifying experience for me you know it turns out that i'm not in any way addicted to right. speed 
it turns out that I'm I'm just petrified of it. Um, but I, I know nothing about that. If I'm in a, a bar and two people start talking about cars, I nod and allow allow them the floor. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Let them take the I lead. I don't know what it is, but but some people I've got I've got friends who they'll be experts on anything anything. Yeah, anything you anything from biochemical warfare to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, though maybe that's the same thing. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever comes up, they know what it was. What is the best? This right. is the best. I know this, what this, the best is. Yeah, yeah, yeah always. Oh, and you know what? I've got to say, those people are good value. Oh, I like if it right. wasn't for those people, then sometimes you'd have uncomfortable silences, and they they've always they they've always done something or. Or know something. We recorded years ago in um, Albini's studio in Chicago, and we took a photo of all the um, effects pedals he had. Yeah. Just because when you're when you're somewhere nice, you take photos of things, you know. And I remember bringing it back, and my flatmate at the time starts talking my then girlfriend through every pedal. He's like, Ah, this is the uh, love tone. This is the love tone, big cheese. Let me tell you what that does to the signal of the guitar. And you go, Let me, you know this you know, lady played guitar and everything. It's not like she was some, you know, eye candy brought in to expressly not talk about guitars, but it was still some people. Yeah. Some people have got, must share their knowledge. I have plenty of everything experts in my life. I can relate. <laughs> how was a uh, recording with Steve Albini? Oh, you know, it's terrible. Which is why. <laughs> um, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a nice. He knows what he's doing. He's good at. I don't know if you've heard, but he's good at making things up. He's good at that. Yeah, um, he's good at that. But you know, like, <laughs> like I'm assuming if you guys go to the extent of doing a radio show that you play in bands, yeah, um, mm -hmm. it's usually the way in in order to find some other other way or an additional way to channel our passion. Exactly. You know that. Then hopefully, having done recordings that. Um, you know, an engineer or whatever the hell, recordist or producer, whatever the hell anyone calls themselves, um, part of their job isn't just how well they record and mix stuff. It's about the the mood they engender in the band. Mm -hmm. So, so the band give good performances, and and sometimes I guess some people are very explicit. They have to almost give people team talks, but sometimes it's just the general atmosphere they create. And I, a, a place where you can just go and have fun and be creative. And it was, it was brilliant for that as well. And without being too sentimental, I'll always look at those recordings we did. I like the recordings, but not that I ever listened to them, but <laughs> I loved the recordings at the time, but I just had a, an amazing time. And I, and until that time in my life, I think it was about 27. The first time we went there, I'd always had problems sleeping unless severely drinked or drugged. Um, but that was the first time in my life where I would, I think, uh, go to bed at night and fall asleep because my my it's it seemed to me at least maybe this is just a coping strategy that my um that I'd I'd been using my brain and and what you might call a, a slither of talent properly for the first time and it was a really uh, I'll, I'll never I'll I'll never forget that I'm not going to write a fucking poem about it but, <laughs> it's, really, but, it's, but it's really nice and, and like and genuinely rewarding and it's really nice to have those times in your life even if they didn't necessarily end up taking you in the directions you thought they would which are just really special in and of themselves right yeah 
John's leading the witness a little bit because he's done two records with Steve. So I have. Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I was gonna, you know, I would, I wasn't trying to hide the fact. That, uh, I like recording with and, Steve Albini. And, and did you have a good? And did we you did. Have a good time we had a fantastic time. Well, he's, a, like, he's, a, he's a such a nice guy, and like, he, like, like you know, like we said before, with your, you know, your reputation, reputation uh, precedes itself sometimes. That what, these guys are mean guys. These are like the nicest guy ever. We had a great time. The mood was fantastic. What, Look, what like, you, what you we said lit about, candles. It was beautiful. <laughs> we lit candles. Candles, we had lava lamps. Yeah, we uh, turned the lights down. And uh, but what, what you said about being able to sleep in the evening uh, definitely rings true to me because you, you realize you're with somebody who's, you know, overcompetent. That, you know, you know you're in good hands. You don't have to think. You can just think about, like, your actual job instead of being like, what does this sound like? What yeah. is it going to sound like? Mm. Yeah, I, total. I and, and, and not just that, but everything that's done in, in that place, even the... Uh, even the blowjobs, um, is totally in good faith. You and know? fast. Not I never had one of those. But, um, <laughs> there is it. You've heard it here first here on Live from the Bronx. Falco has never had a blowjob. No, I have no clear memory of that event. Um, that's, that's, that's what I say to the that event decision. that happened. Right. But uh, no, it was, it was just, a, yeah, as, as it, everything about that place is just, it's set up for bands in the same way that there are certain venues there's a venue in Leeds called the Brudenell Social Club. It's a venue you turn up and you play it and you go away from it going, why isn't every venue like that then? Why isn't it, why isn't the loading easy? Why can't, why can't all the crowd see, you know, uh, the stage? You go to the next venue and you've just been spoiled basically by a place. And there is that that sense with electrical audio, which is some of your listeners may not know, is Steve's studio in Chicago. It's just a, it's just a lovely place. I mean, you know, they don't have golden yogurt or uh, <laughs> they do have fluffy coffee though. <laughs> you see, I'm not I'm not one of these coffeeists. Yeah, no, not me neither. I, but I did try yeah, it. It yeah. was it, it was fine. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a lot of there was a lot of coffee going on. I remember though, it was quite the uh, it was quite the scene. I, I assume that would be like dandies and cravats back yeah. in the day. It's you like know, a Starbucks was, yeah. in there with good drum sounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, <laughs> all the songs, all the songs have hand claps in. I understand, which is a really, it's a really cheap way of augmenting the snare. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a uh, record company for this new record? Because I know you, you've uh, dabbled in the crowdfunding a little bit. Yeah, I have dabbled. You dabbled, dabbled, in, the you dabbled in the crowdfunding. I believe you've uh, dabbled in the crack cocaine. Yeah, since <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah. The crowdfunding um, is, is, is mostly been great. It's been a nice. I think we were lucky, are lucky enough to be probably in the precisely correct position to take advantage of it. Right. Um, as in, the, you know, for, for want of a better term, the size, the functioning mass of the band, its general appeal meant that we you can get enough attention, whatever the quality of what you're doing, in order to get enough funding to put some shit together. So that was that was really it was really rewarding and in general a very good experience although not without its problems right now um, you know do you have any ethical kind of problem with it and do you and did you have an a, a, an 
surplus of money that you like go okay well we, this is this is sometimes you know these well maybe not you guys sometimes people they they go okay i have a goal of uh of five grand to make a record and then they end up getting like 30 grand and they're like well you know we need the other twenty five thousand for uh i don't know stuff well, the way, the way we budget, not, I'll, I'll go into some detail and really bore the living shit out of your listeners we budgeted it we had an amount that we were trying to raise uh, which was the minimum amount that would allow us to record and press up some, you know, CDs and and probably not the the records, but whatever. Um, we 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 ended up hitting, I don't know, on both of the pledges we did about two hundred and fifty percent of what we actually needed, maybe a little bit more actually. Cool. Um, but we still, which was fantastic, really good. But weirdly enough, because of the particular platform we use, Pledge Music. Because of the way they release money to you, uh, it, it actually can work against you because that all that money isn't necessarily released to you until you've sent everything out. Oh, okay, yeah. Until all the pledges have received it. So certainly the first that we ended up having to borrow several thousand pounds on credit cards. Yeah, I was going to say, how do they expect you to? How do they expect you to fund the project then, like to actually cover those operating costs? Well, you see, the, the, see what what this is. What's strange about it? If we'd hit just a hundred percent and stopped it there and just sent it out to those people, then we would have we were precisely budgeted for everything. Do you know what I mean? So, in a way, it was the success of the project mm. which makes that a problem. That's so in, in one sense, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. But in another sense, if we'd luckily we came to an arrangement with them the second time because the partly because the first campaign had go so well to like a written relationship where they'd released some most of the money to us earlier. So we wouldn't have to go through that living fucking hell. Yeah. You know, so that was that was really good. But um, I ethically. I simply, you can call this again, I, I said it earlier, a coping strategy if you want, but I just looked on it as a, as a pre-order. I just, yeah, that's exactly. what it was. Yeah. We weren't doing anything like, you know, dressing up as Tarzan and playing songs in, in a, in your grand's bathtub for two grand. Or that's whatever. a great idea. Like, sure. But the thing is though, there are some people who do that. Like, like your man, Ted Leo can do that. And mm -hmm. it's fine because that's in, that's, in in his personality to do that and yeah. it, it's it rings true you know he's he's one of the nicest people i've ever met in met in 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 any in any uh, avenue and <laughs> specifically avenue or small boulevard you guys uh, um, supported them on tour a lot right uh no we just did one tour um in 2009 i think it was and against me who again just some of the loveliest people great band you, you, you could just some of the my abiding memory isn't really of them as a band a, a very good live band but it's just how how in, incredible you know whether you uh, are totally an, an incredible fan of somebody's music or not it's it's very important to me on a personal level that and it might sound a bit poor-faced and boring but i give zero shits about that it people are doing it for the right reasons and I can honestly say, it, based on my observations of everybody in those two bands we toured with, that's absolutely the case. Of course, they want to have fun. Of course, they want to have some beers. Of course, part of the, you know, the appeal of rock music is living forever and being a fucking child in the, you know, well, for me now, the, the, the battered and bruised body of a 42-year-old man. Mm. But I think if you start playing rock and, rock and roll for 
if you start playing rock and roll for any other reason than to feel popular in girls when you're 16, there's probably something wrong with you. Yeah. But if you're still, if that's still motivating you when you're picking your guitar up five, six years later, if that's still your main motivation, then then I think there's also a problem. You know, yeah, I it's agree. a it's a you know, and that's sometimes you can have debates or you can run into people whose idea of rock and roll is just basically smashing and fucking their way through the world. Mm. Um, I'm not, I'm not interested in those people myself. I'm, you know, if that happens as a, as a, uh, I don't know, a side effect of whatever the hell usually incredibly boring music it is, but you see so many bands who none of the rock and roll, this alleged spirit of rock and roll goes to what happens on stage or what happens in their brains. It's just, Sometimes just goes, you know, back to luring, luring young girls back to commit sex acts. They're gonna, they're gonna regret in oh. flashbacks for years. You know, man, I'm in the wrong band because it's never Ted happens to me. Ted Nugent doesn't regret it. <laughs> well, speaking of which, Pat, um, yeah. um, Ted Nugent yeah, is he well, crap or not crap? We're gonna find out. Can I play a game with you called Crap Not Crap? I'm just gonna give you a band name. This sure. is actually started in electrical audio, the place where you record it. And you tell me whether they're crap or not crap. If you want to stop and qualify your answer quickly, uh, that would be fine. Is that okay with you? Hey, I do have a <laughs> – I, I do try to say things are not shit, though. It's, it is okay, a, you want to know shit, is, not it's, shit? It's, it's, fighting my, it's, fi it's fighting my base instincts, but – Right, okay, shit, not shit. You can like call it shite. And you, you could follow uh, – <laughs> I, I, I won't call it shite because I'm not a cartoon guy. <laughs> <laughs> you could follow Andrew on Twitter at, uh, at, at shitrock, by the way, if you want to check do him not, out there. Do, do not follow me. Don't follow him on Twitter. He doesn't nah, do. fuck off. You know, you get that thing when there's a show, and hey, I've done poorly attended shows, and people go, uh, there's, the crowd are hanging back, and people go, the people on stage go, come closer, we don't bite. Oh, that. I hate that. So I, I hate actually, that. You, what you say is, this is my stage, get the fuck away from it. Right. <laughs> get, the fuck, get the fuck away. I traveled here, this is my stuff. Yeah, get your even, get your thieving hands off it. That's I've heard about anyway, that. Anyway, about you. Let's roll, roll, roll your dice. Shit, shit, not shit. Yeah, shit, not shit with the uh, Falco. Um, Rush. <laughs> I, I don't really have any information on Rush, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say not not crap because Jack likes them, and I don't want to make him cry. <laughs> People get very defensive about Rush. Aerosmith. Well, oh crap. Ted yeah. Ted Nugent. Yeah. Mid, mid 70s Aerosmith is not complete crap. Yeah, so they died in that plane crash. Ted Nugent, Ted Nugent black, black, black heart down crap. Right. Uh, black flag. Cunt bubble. Uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> How about yes? Uh, no. <laughs> no. The, uh, <laughs> the police. Uh, hilarious. <laughs> Just throw them all Kiss. Kiss? Kiss. Again, I, crap, like as crap as crap gets. Metallica. Again, hilarious. Like, r like, r like, I think it's amazing they've still got fans considering they haven't made a good record for <laughs> quarter of a century. Right. <laughs> um, that, the that long, like, you know, entire villages have been born up from the dirt and died in famines in the time it's been since Metallica <laughs> wrote a good song. And that is... That's actually, and they still have millions of people there. But you know what? Fair play to them. They're better illusionists than David Copperfield. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Um, Velvet Underground. Oh, yeah. No, not, not, not shit. Most Lou, of it. Yeah. Lou Reed solo. 
<laughs> you know, I just I hate I hate people who wear sunglasses when it's not required. <laughs> the best answer about ever. The, the, the clash. Yeah, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world, but yeah. for somebody who didn't give a fuck, he was sure trying hard to make you fucking right. realize he wasn't. Here's a, a polarizing band, The Clash. Oh, not crap. I like some. I mean, a lot of the albums could do with being maybe a bit shorter. Mm-hmm. And but but yeah, some really good, really good fun clash stuff. I think. And Joe Strummer sounds like he's being abused when he sings, and I quite, quite like <laughs> you like that. Quite like the. I mean, I don't, I don't mean I've got pictures of abuse in my head. I right. mean, it just it sounds as if he's gone through a, a really traumatic time before getting to the mic. You know, like he was chased <laughs> through the streets by wolves. What a theory! Uh, uh, yeah, and then he gets there and he's oh. Oh, got it. You got Joe. We got to do the vocal, man. We got to. We got to. <laughs> yeah. They slams the door behind him. Oh, Joe, we got to vacate the fucking studio in ten minutes, and he'd do his pretending to be working class singing, <laughs> and then they'd and then they'd all go home, and it was great. But I, I like the Clash. Even the Cod Reggae is really it's fun, isn't it? That yeah. song Rudy can't fail. Mm-hmm. It's the least authentic song in the world, right? <laughs> but it's really, it's really good fun. Yeah, I like, I like the Clash. All right. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, inauthentic English bands, the Sex Pistols. I, I'm yeah, knock knock. I like um, I've I've always really liked Bodies and Holidays in the Sun. Right. I think they're really mm-hmm. good. Um, I think they're really good rock songs. I mean, you know, John Lydon is. I know, I know, he's deliberately. Uh, a wank priest. Mm-hmm. Um, that's his deliberate. That that's his deliberate role, but he is still that thing, you know. So I, I don't know. I mean, because obviously you know, Pill and all that is fun. But Pill yeah. are one of those bands where people describe to me what they sounded like before I heard them, and then when I actually got to hear them, I'm like, ah, oh, that's it's not quite as it's not quite what I expected, right. you know. Um, but maybe that's just me. How about totally. Jethro Tull? I have. I just know there was a flute involved, so I stayed. <laughs> all right, I'll give you one more, the most polarizing one of them all, for, uh, at okay. least according right. to the people on this show. Steely Dan. My answer to that is, I'm not American, so I don't have a fucking clue. There you go. Right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a clue. They stink. Jack, 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 who's a drummer who loves all music just about uh he likes steely dan right. so but i'm still not gonna say not crap because he cunningly it was a it was a plot he got me to listen to uh muse the other day oh what do you think of that <laughs> oh it was it was a it was a terrible experience <laughs> like, i think there's it, i can't claim credit for this i think it was it was there's a, a, a british uh, magazine uh, from newcastle where i'm from called viz I don't know if you're aware of Viz. No. Uh, but they have a section called uh, Top Top Tips in there. And one of the uh, top tips uh, was uh, save money on expensive Muse uh, concert tickets by humming Bohemian Rhapsody to yourself as uh, in your local laser quest. Oh, Jesus God. <laughs> and, that's, and, you know, that, that just about to me. But anyway, there was a riff and he said, yeah, the start of that riff sounds like a Muse song. I was like, you're not getting me like that, mate. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> nice try. That's, yeah, nice try. But I couldn't. Like six days later, I I did check and yeah, I've I've just about got over now. But I'm not going to forget that he did that to me. I'm oh. not gonna. I'm not. I will. I will get my revenge. <laughs> Give it to him soft and sweet. Well, Falco, we're all huge huge fans. I'm I'm no, really. Uh, no, that's- 
That, that's not how I do revenge. It'll be through a really good withering look on stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Glower at him. It's cold. good to it's good to insult him on stage and then um and then deny him a microphone in order to respond. Right. That's uh, <laughs> that's the way that's the way we do it. Kind of uh, not so much passive aggressive as aggressive aggressive. It's good. I I do need to take a break, Falco. Thank you so much for calling in, and I would love to talk to you again. If I, I'm sorry, I, this today got kind of screwed up, and I got two guests at the same time, and it's all fucked up. So uh, I appreciate you calling in. Where can we get the new record, and when does that come out? It's um out in well, whenever we finish it. Yeah, because it's it's basically mixed. But my my friend Ant who recorded the last feature the left album with us is on holiday this weekend in uh, Barcelona, I think. Bastard. So. When when he gets back, he'll master it, and then I'll release it on Wednesday or Thursday. I'm a marketing genius. I think <laughs> I, I think I, I released the last album because I was going to release it. Everybody says, you know, release it at about ten in the morning. Yeah, it's the best time to get people's attention. And I think I said something on Twitter like, "Oh, the kind of got the album now." And somebody said, "Oh, I'm I've got a." I've got a commute to work tomorrow. Can I have it to listen to then? I thought, ah, oh, fuck it. Yeah, go on. <laughs> I just, I just, I just release it. And this, this guy, this, I can't remember his name. Let's call him Clarence. He's got it to, he's got it to listen to. And so, yeah, sometime, sometime next week. And then there's going to be a, a future left live thing. Nice. Uh, as a live DVD we, sh- we shot, uh, I say DVD, <laughs> like, like there'll be an actual DVD, yeah. like a live thing. But more importantly than that, me and Julia are having a, a a baby girl in a month. Oh, congratulations! So that's the so it is as much as I'm loving making music at the minute. The imminent human life thing is yeah, kind of dominating things as I as I suppose it should. Yeah, really. it should. Good, good for you. I hope you everything turns out well with that. Yeah, it was great. The new dad. Can I play a song off the new record? Can I play uh, Bees Moan or is that not allowed? Yeah, you play you play whatever you want, mate. That's uh, that's that'd be great. Thanks. I'll take that as permission to play any song you've ever recorded for the rest of the duration <laughs> yeah, of the show. Absolutely. And, uh, absolutely. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank I'm you. Not, I'm not going to make any money anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, we will. We'll get to that. I want to talk to you again. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. That was great, Falco. Thank you. No, take care of yourself. All right, yeah. be good. Bye. Cheers. Thank you. There he goes. There's Falco, or Future of the Left. That was great. Yeah, give it up for him. Uh, and here's a new song off their album. It's called Bees Mode. Bees Mode. Thank you. We'll be back right after this with Greg Print.
first, then... God damn it, I knew that was going to happen. I always do that. Thank you. Uh, we're back live from the garage here on Radio Nope. Uh, I'm going to give this a man a call. I Would thought you... you were doing a bed. <laughs> was, oh, yeah, one of those. Play in the background. Yeah. You know, poor Greg Prince, uh, the author of this Piazza book, he's trying to call in, and I keep hanging up on him because I don't know what's going on. So hopefully he will answer the phone. We'll talk to him right now. Hello. Sir. <laughs> Sir. Hello. Hello, Greg. Yes, hi. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can. How are you? Okay, how are you? This is um, John? This is John from Live from the Barrage. Thanks for calling in, man. Oh, thank you. Well, Anytime. Nice it's nice to have you on, and uh, we're live on the air. Greg Prince, of course, the author of Piazza, Catcher, Slugger, Icon, Star. It's Greg Prince, and he's written a new book about Piazza getting into the Hall of Fame. What's going on, Greg? How's everything going? 
going okay. Yeah. Watching the Mets, and uh, they're they're tied at two as we speak. Tied up two two. This is a Mets. Uh, you know, one day we have to have you in here because this is a this is a Mets house and this is a Mets garage. And as a you know, I have a twenty game plan. We're in. We're on the same team, buddy. Yeah. Let's go, Mets. Excellent. Do you have season tickets, Greg? Uh, no, I just kind of show up a lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, tickets are cheap enough where you could just kind of show up, right, for 10 they, bucks. They're bucks. not cheap anymore. <laughs> Mario saying they're not cheap anymore. <laughs> well, this this time of the year, people don't want to sit in the cold, but uh, I don't mind. So. Yeah. Oh, did you go to opening day? Because it was beautiful. It was a beautiful day. I was there opening day, and, and you're right. I actually got a sunburn. And I was there for the second game, and it was about 20 degrees colder, and of course oh. at night, so it wasn't as pleasant. Yeah. But uh, Greg, a very fair-skinned man, apparently. Apparently, <laughs> you got sun. <laughs> it's just you know, on opening day, one last year on opening day it was like a fucking. Excuse me, sorry. Excuse my language. You can curse on here, Greg, if you want, but I don't want to embarrass you. Um, no problem. It was uh, it was like a wind tunnel in there, man. We were freezing. And the first couple days, the first couple games, we were all. We were, it was it was dreadful. Thank you. It was, That's what you get for playing baseball in Queens off the water in late March and early April. That's but, right. Uh, who who wants to wait any longer for it to come around? I suppose. Greg Cespedes hates the cold, right? You could tell. You could look in his face, and when it's it's October, he hates it out there. I hope he. I hope he gets the opportunity to hate it again in October. <laughs> but uh, you know, whatever it takes. Greg, you've written a couple other books, right? Amazing Again, and uh, he also writes a blog called um, Faith and Fear and Flushing. Is that correct? Yeah, I write the I write the blog with my friend and longtime blogging partner Jason Fry. We've been doing that since two thousand five, and Piazza is my fourth book, and uh, this is sort of basically the result of a uh, a life spent uh, rooting for and obsessing on the Mets. <laughs> We know where that comes from. Yeah. Yeah. How is the blog going? Do people read this blog? You have advertisers on there and stuff. And uh, when's the, uh, when's you know, the podcast we've never, coming? We've never out? really gone after advertising. We just decided we wanted to do this. My my friend and I met on an AOL Mets board like in 1994. Wow. And we started emailing each other, and we started sharing the emails with other Mets fans and nudes. So we, we were kind of blogging before we knew we were blogging. And finally, uh, in 2005, when we became kind of aware of the medium, we said, why don't we do this every day? And we've been doing it every day of, of every baseball season and often in the off season since then. So, yeah, we have a, a nice little following. And uh, hopefully uh, we have a lot of wins to write about this year. Why? Uh, what? Uh, sorry, Ryan. Uh, I just want to ask a quick question. Uh, with the expertise that you have, uh, do you ever get calls from Mets and Y, which is uh, for everybody out there, our local Mets affiliate in uh, New York? <laughs> you ever get a call from Mets and Y to come and sit in on a panel or That's our sister to, to your uh, expertise? Uh, actually, yeah. The uh, the second year of our blog was the first year of SNY, and at the time they were very interested in having bloggers on. They used to have a weekly show called Mets Weekly, and I did some writing for that and was sort of a recurring talking head for a while um, and appeared in some other capacities, and eventually that show disappeared, unfortunately. But um, I have uh, have appeared in SNY. Uh, you know, with the last book, I was fortunate enough to be on the WOR, WFAN, so... Uh, Occasionally poke our heads up and uh, get get noticed outside the blogging community, I suppose. Well, are you uh, 
uh, Fear and Faith was also a book that got pretty good. Uh, that got you pretty good uh, notoriety and good press. And is there a podcast as well? There's a of course there is. There has to be. There's always a podcast. Are you part of that podcast? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm America's guest when it comes to podcasts. <laughs> there you go. Because every other Mets fan and blogger and would-be blogger has a podcast, so they need somebody to go on. Right. And that's me. And that well, if be- you did have a podcast, would you name it Johannes Says Podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I think that is, I'm, I'm going to go trademark that, right? <laughs> you have it already. It's the podcast that is, is really offensive, but when it comes to uh, defense, it kind of gets la- lazy out there. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> if you, did you watch the game last night, Greg? Did you stay up all night? I nodded off between the 11th and 15th. I woke up, I was surprised to learn there was a 15th inning. And because it's Marlins Park, I'm just used to a wild pitch letting the winning run score for the Marlins when the Mets are there. And I nodded off again, woke up in the 16th inning and heard Gary Cohn saying something about the Mets leading 9-8 to and was both shocked and delighted and uh, did, did manage to make it to the final out at that point. So uh, yeah, I guess that was our first marathon of yeah. the year. What's what made you? Uh, what what uh, inspired you to write this book about Mike Piazza? The book isn't just like a biography of Piazza. The book is more of a the story of how he's uh, beloved by the fans and he gets into the Hall of Fame and all of that kind of thing. Why, why write a book about that? It seems like uh, like how do you get that much material out of one thing? If that's a you know th- is that a book? Well, it must be. <laughs> I guess it seems like you know. I don't know. It's, I would run out of stuff to say. I don't know how you do it. So, what's the, well, well, the tell book, us what the book, the book is about? The book was inspired by the fact that he you know, not only made the Hall of Fame and got his number retired by the Mets and has the NY on his cap on his plaque and all that. Uh, I think it was the fact that there was that that four year run up where he wasn't elected, and there was always such dismay among Mets fans. And it struck me that we were taking this guy more personally than you might think. A guy who hadn't played for your team in 10 years would, would matter to you. Uh, the more I thought about it, the more I wondered why we cared about Mike Piazza so much. And it struck me that it was really a matter of going back pre-Piazza, not just to the week before they traded for him, but really that whole era in the 90s when the Mets were just you know really at their worst terrible uh, circa 92 93 which yeah. you know trying uh, paralleled Mike breaking in with the Dodgers bursting onto the scene setting all kinds of rookie records becoming this kind of superstar the Mets no longer had and you know it, it struck me that it was almost like a romantic comedy that you had on one coast this team that desperately needed this player and on the other coast, this player who would eventually fall out of favor with his team and the circumstances that brought them together. So, you know, part of the book is, is about those parallel paths that eventually merge into one. Part of it is the, you know, the love affair, if you will, between, uh, you know, 98, 2001, where, you know, those, those were kind of the prime Piazza years, talk about those seasons and those teams. And, and kind of the process in the, in the last part of the book, how we as fans, you know, kind of, consecrate these guys and how they, they become, you know, these guys we never let go of and how, you know, the teams do and don't do a good job of memorializing them, if you will. And, you know, again, the, the, the big finish is just, you know, the Hall of Fame ceremonies and the number of retirement ceremonies and Piazza basically, basically making himself one with the Mets fans. And that's kind of, if, if you... 
you were a Mets fan in the, in the 90s and 2000s, I, I think uh, you'll, you'll enjoy reliving that journey. Well, I, you know, it's kind of an odd relationship because Piazza's not the warmest dude. He's like a... I don't even want to say... I don't know if I go as far as say he's sta- he was standoffish, but he wasn't like a warm guy, really, to the fans and stuff. Well, but towards the end, he did that kind changed of warm up. That once changed. he realized that he was going to be a Met and probably in the Hall of Fame, I think. Yeah. I think he, somebody told him, hey, man, you better loosen up. These people love you. You're out there with just good, well, I, just glowering. And right. Running. When he's in a Padres uniform hitting a home run and we give him a... Uh, we ask him for a curtain call. I mean, standing ovation, <laughs> <laughs> curtain call. He's on the other team, right? You know something's good there. But I mean, maybe is it just because we were so bad all those years that we love Fiazza? Because he's not like a lovable guy. Well, I th- I think we were in love with the numbers that we assumed he was bringing over, and then after you know the, the euphoria wore off after the first few weeks, we grew impatient the way we will. Certain guys, um, you know, I, th- I think you you paint a pretty accurate picture of what Piazza was like when he came to New York. It was very guarded, yeah. very wary, and even when he decided to stay, when he made a very self aware statement, uh, you know, that if I'm going to be booed, I want to be booed by the best, right. uh, which is what he said when he signed his seven year deal. And you know, I, I just think over time he sort of began to understand what Mets fans were about. That you know, we were just waiting for a guy like him. And you know, one of the things I, th- I think comes through in the book is how he kind of loosens up as the years go by. And you know, the, the goodbye he got, you, know, you mentioned the Padres, but you know, when he left the Mets in 2005, he had like a seven-minute ovation in, the, in during the seventh-inning stretch of his last home game. And you know, you, know, you don't stop ball games for you know, contracts running out. You know, you, you've seen it for Hank Aaron or for Cal Ripken, but not for that sort of thing. But that's that's how we said goodbye to him, and I think it really hit him. And then, you know, ever since then, he's really valued the relationship with the Mets fans and thinking of himself as as part of the Mets family. He uses yeah. the word family an awful lot every time that there is any kind of True. occasion. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I think he, he eventually, uh, you know, he warmed up to us. We warmed up to him, and... Uh, Lives happily ever after, you the, might say. The first couple of weeks Piazza was here in New York did not go too well for him, and he was getting booed, and he probably took it personally. But what he doesn't realize is that we were just booing the whole time before he got there, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and we just continued. Yeah, I, I, I think it's also <laughs> misconstrued that the Mets fans boo players. We boo circumstances. Yeah, I don't think yeah, it's anything. Right. You know, we're, we're not looking. If we're looking, if it's we're looking for scapegoats, we're, we're looking at the results, which you know may, may be a little Bruce. shallow on our part. But sometimes it, it just comes out that way. And you know, really, the, the booing of Piazza, I don't think it was universal. And it didn't really last that long. It was yeah. just sort of, it was a long, hot summer and falling behind the Braves and having to put up with the Yankees on their way to 114 wins. And, you know, here's this guy who hit like 362 as a catcher for Los Angeles. And we were wondering, you know, where is this? Yeah. And, you know, eventually a reasonable facsimile of it emerged and, uh, you know, they almost made the playoffs that year. I picture in the beginning of, like, when Jay Bruce got here last year and then he goes, they're saying Bruce, right? And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You're one for 17. Finally, that guy picked it up, huh? huh? Wow, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, he's in well, there uh, for trade bait. The outfield is loaded. I don't know, right? man. I don't know now. Do they want to keep him or they want to get rid of him? If, now? if, if he hits twenty-five home runs, I, 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 you know, <laughs> I'm happy. 
David, I have a question well, on. Um, his name's not Greg. David. His I mean, name's sorry, Greg. Greg. Last call. Mario, <laughs> by the way, look, uh, Greg. Greg. Mario's a school teacher, and he numbers his students because he can't remember anyone's name. He can't. <laughs> he can't remember my wife's name, so don't take it personally. Guest number C seventeen. I have a question for you. <laughs> uh, yes, you in the back. <laughs> <laughs> the way was, back. Was the uh, book authorized in any way? Did you get to talk to Mike or his people? I I always find it hard to um, get anybody. Um, to get in touch with him, I tried to get in touch with him after 2005 and failed miserably. Uh, were you was I, it an authorized book, or you think he's going to read it too? I I like to say I did all my talking to Mike from the mezzanine at Shea Stadium, <laughs> but uh, ac- actually, no, it wasn't authorized. And you know, there, there's no dirt in here to speak of anyway. Right. But uh, I, I, you know, my, my goal was to sort of relive and, and help other people relive that period as a fan. So I wanted to kind of. You know, we weave that story as I remembered it, backed by research. I also th- thought that uh, you know his the basics of his story were well known, and he certainly did enough media, you know, in the one up to the Hall of Fame. I, I did get a, a media credential last summer. Went to a, one of his press conferences before they retired his number. I did ask him a question, he, and he gave a really good answer. It wound up not not ending up in the book, as it turned out. But, uh, <laughs> the one Piazza quote I you was, got was a great answer. I, I, he didn't I, put I, it in the book. I was gener- generally impressed with him. And, uh, yeah, I'm not meaning as on his way into the Hall of Fame. I was always impressed with the way he hit and uh, the way he played. Right. I, you, so you obviously went to the ceremony like like I, like I me and Mario did. Mario kidnapped me and put me on a bus I at did. I 5 o'clock in the morning. I put a hood over his head and dragged him on a bus. played poker and, and dra- dra- dragged me up there on a bus to Cooperstown. It was great. It was a fun experience. I, the last time I was there, I was like 10 years old in Boy Scouts or something, so I don't really remember it. What did you think of the ceremony and all that stuff? He's up there crying. It's, it was emotional. Uh, yeah, I mean, this this is a guy who just, you know, I, I think because he was a 60-second round draft pick, he really appreciated what it meant to have come this far, Yeah. even though, you know, the, the rest of us were a, a little perturbed that it took so long, relatively speaking. I mean, the, the book starts with Tom Seaver's induction in the Hall of Fame, just because of right. the timing. Seaver goes in the Hall of Fame, you know, 30 days before Piazza Major League debut, and the difference, you know, I watched both of their ceremonies over again, and, you know, Seaver gave a great speech, too, but Seaver never once says thank you to the fans. Mm. And I just don't think that was his thing. Yeah, I think he, he was, was kind, kind of, of, kind of yeah. that Ted Williams, you know, gods don't answer fan mail mm. type of thing. Whereas Piazza, you know, whether, whether it's sports, whether you know, you're buying a soccer team, whether it's, you know, heavy metal and whatever else he's interested in, I, I think at heart he's a fan and he yeah. understands what fans are about. So I, I think on that level, he eventually really, you know, related to that. And I think that you know, spoke to the emotion he showed. You said an interesting thing in the book about Tom Seaver that um, he got the, did, is this correct? He got the most, um, the highest percentage of votes since like you know, Ty Cobb or something yeah, like that. But and, and until he, he, he beat everybody until ironically last year when Ken Griffey went in with Piazza, Ken Griffey uh, had a, a slightly higher percentage. Yet Seaver had 984 and that was higher than Ty Cobb, higher than Babe Ruth. Right, and you wonder, and, and Greg and brings then, up a good point. Uh, and then Griffey's like 99.3. <laughs> Greg, brings, Greg, Greg brings up a good point, and I think about this a lot. Like, like I would say, say Babe Ruth has 95%. Like, who are the dudes not voting for mm-hmm. Babe Ruth? Like, who are, the, who are these people? <laughs> it's Babe Ruth. That's the thing, because this, this weird precedent that because nobody had gone in unanimously, whether it was Cobb or Ruth or Christy Mathewson, so it just kind of perpetuated itself. So when you got to Willie Mays and Hank Aaron and all those guys, it's like, you know, nine, nine voters didn't vote for Willie Mays. Yeah, Willie Mays, never heard of him. Next. 
Somebody's got to be shitty about it. You know? uh, yeah. Well, and then uh, was it Tom Seaver, Greg, where t- uh, Greg finds out why there was five people who didn't vote for him? Yeah. Tom and Seaver so was, there's three people who were under protest. Yeah. One guy, like, forgot to fill out the ballot. <laughs> right. Some people just don't vote. Yeah, three, three guys didn't vote for him out of a protest because Pete Rose wasn't on the ballot. Pete Rose should right. have been on the ballot that year chronologically. <laughs> And because of the gambling, they wouldn't put him on. And, and the baseball writers resented the fact that they didn't have the chance to reject him. Uh, one guy, like you said, just was, was getting over open-heart surgery and just missed it. Yeah. And another guy just said, I, I'm never voting for anybody on the first ballot. Yeah, yeah, so, that was his, uh, his thing was just like, I, I just don't vote for, for, vote for the first person the first time. They're up. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty sense. much, if you use that logic, pretty much every single person voted for Tom Steve. Yeah, like... 425 out of 430 that year. So what do you and, think you know, that, about that's this? Kind of been by the, what is your position on the, uh, you know, keeping people out because of steroid speculation and things like that, which held Piazza back probably for a little while? Uh, I think we'll see less of that now because Piazza, even though you know, nothing was ever really attached to him other than speculation or rumors, I think you know, he, he kind of went through the door first, finally, uh, among those guys who were held back. I you saw Padre Rodriguez got in, Jeff Bagwell got in. Um you know what it is? is that, that all those guys played, and we saw them, and we remembered them, and you know they dominated baseball. Guys like Bonds and guys like Sosa and McGuire, and I don't want to put Clemens anywhere near the whole thing because I hate him. Right. But <laughs> um, you know, Clemens won his three hundred fifty odd games. It's just it's it's hard to kind of pretend it didn't happen. I don't know if you remember a movie called The Verdict with Paul Newman uh, sure. in the early eighties. Yeah. And there there's a scene and I don't remember the context exactly, but there's a courtroom scene where some evidence is revealed that the evil forces don't want being known and the judge immediately says i tells the jury i instruct you to disregard pretend you never heard it well you can't yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's sort yeah. Of like pretending that you never saw barry bonds hit you know, 73 home runs in the season or so roger clemens wins cy young after cy young i think you know the, these seasons existed i don't really have a problem with these guys you know being judged on merit on the, on the field and everything else you know, kind of takes care of itself in terms of reputation. Do you believe it'll ever become gaslit where people kind of forget or get distorted or not believe, not believe it was as bad as it really was? Um, I think there, there's probably more of a danger of that in the pre-internet era, but now like just so much of everything is available all the time that, you know, no, nothing ever really goes away. So I, I don't think like, you know, I, I don't think you, you need an asterisk on a pl- on a theoretical plaque for Barry Bonds because I just think that the the, the people's history, if you will, uh, you know, isn't going anywhere, and people seem to have surprisingly long memories about these things. Yeah, the, and like you said, who cares about that plaque? That plaque room is boring. I want to see like the. Right. I want to see the bloody I guess, sock. I definitely <laughs> think it is the least interesting part of the Hall of Fame. I I, I, I love the, the Hall of Fame, but that part is like, yeah, this is nice, but uh, you know, I can look at a list. Of uh, guys in the Hall of Fame and kind of get the same, uh, kind of get the same impact. Yeah, that was a busy weekend. You didn't camp out in the fields like me and Mario did. You? Did you camp in a tent? I did not camp in a tent. No, you got a hotel room. Did you have press credentials for that? No, no press credentials for that one. Um, but mm. uh, we went up with the Seven Line Army, and here's a point where me and John differ. I happen to be a fan of the Seven Line Army. And John thinks they're crap, even though I took them on the bus and we ended up camping with them and had a great time. Okay. You know, What's your take on the Seven Line Army? I think they're fine. <laughs> I, I, I know Darren meaning a little bit. I think he's 
good guy. Come on, Thundersticks, uh, man. I, I like Thundersticks. I like their T-shirts. I never sat out in the, the center field with them because I'm just not the type to want to stand up and yell for nine innings. But uh, I know a lot of people who are into it. And, you know, anything that makes people excited to be Mets fans, I'm all for. And they, were, you know, they were doing this when the Mets sucked. So uh, good for them. Who are, that, you, who are you at a, at a baseball game? When I'm, if I go to a game with you and I'm sitting next to you, what can I expect out of you the entire nine innings? Greg months? is totally scoring the game. Are you ready to leave in the third inning? Or? <laughs> no. No, right? Yeah, I just, I, I just show up for the national anthem and I'm out of there. Uh, <laughs> just so people see that you are there, right? Get your bobblehead and leave. <laughs> take a selfie. Yeah, it's me. Uh, you know, I get there. I like to get there early. I don't get there early enough for batting practice because I don't even know if they let people in in time for batting practice You're anymore. Still getting patted down at But, um, you know, I... Ultimate, you know, we always find whenever I go to a game with somebody I haven't gone to before, the thing we always wind up talking about, two things we wind up talking about. One, we like we live the worst losses we've ever experienced personally or, and or the worst relief pitching we ever saw. And we wind up talking about other ballparks we've been to. And, uh, you know, depending on how the game is going. I mean, we're doing that more in the second inning than in the eighth inning, I suppose. But, uh, you know, you go to a game with me, I'm, I'm watching the Mets, and I'm talking about the Mets, and, you know, whatever else comes up, I guess. I don't Are you know. yelling at the uh, players on the field at all? <laughs> Are, you, Excuse me? Are you yelling at the players on the field? Uh, uh, the opponents, I am. Or trying to get usually, like, I, I, try, I try to be supportive of the Mets. I don't think right. I've, I've booed any uh, vociferously for many years. What, do you got a couple of Bud Light tall boys there toke up before the game? What's the deal? <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm an occasional blue point toasted lager at the uh, catch of the day stand. Fancy. There you go. You know, they used to have happy hour if you got there early enough. They don't do that anymore. The really? Good. Yeah, mm. they used to have $5 uh, at the catch of the day. They would have a $5 beer during batting practice. What do, you, what do you think of City Field? I've gotten used to it. I, mean, I was one of those people who loved Shea and didn't want Shea to go away and never thought it had to go away. I just think that it became one of those things with, with team owners, like, oh, I want one of those too, so they built this place. And and I felt when City Field opened that you know, for all the waiting we had done for one of these types of stadiums that it should have been incredible. And it's just sort of like a Camden Yards knockoff, I thought. And, yeah. you know put together with, without very much regard for Mets history. Mm-hmm. But over the over the years, I, it just feels lived in now. Yeah. And I, I can appreciate that. And now, you know, I, I think, like, the final step was when there was a World Series game at City Field, and I was at Game 3 and right, 4. Right. You were um, at Game 3 like, and 4? You know, this, this is where we live now. You don't have and season tickets. How much, how much did you pay for those Game 3 and 4 tickets? Uh, and can I borrow $20? What's your stub I think <laughs> I got I got I got kind of lucky. One one seat out in like it was left field field level. It must have been a few hundred dollars, and one through somebody who threw somebody up in promenade was like a hundred fifty. So yeah. now after, um, after, it was definitely an investment. It definitely wouldn't have, it, it it definitely wouldn't have been a terrible thing, uh, you know, financially if they hadn't made the World Series. <laughs> Uh, you know, you don't think like that. Well, don't, don't and, you think? Uh, uh, did you did your think? Did your thinking change after like it was so hard to get it to the playoff tickets? Why didn't you get? Why didn't you get suckered into a twenty game plan like me? Because this, then I'm guaranteed like you know a couple uh, playoff tickets. The, the the great secret of being of, of getting to go to a lot of games without a season ticket plan and not having to buy a lot of tickets is that. When people know you as this very big Mets fan, mm-hmm. they call right. and or right. they email and they say, "Hey, I have an extra ticket." Oh, hey, I want to go. And Nobody I, has an extra ticket to the World Series, Greg. We have Greg. very nice readers at our blog who 
often go out of their way to invite my partner yeah. to meet again. So the World they Series. They want to sit with you. They want to sit with you. Yeah. No one's inviting you to the World Series. That's crazy, man. Nobody has an extra. Oh, I just have. You know, I got to no, get rid no, of this World Series thing. Not for the World Series. a wife's breaking my stones. Sorry. If you're familiar with Roger Kahn, who wrote Boys of Summer. He once wrote about when he was a young reporter in Brooklyn covering Dodgers. And I learned from one of his stories that there's no freebies for the World Series. That even like the, the owner of the, not, not O'Malley, but somebody in the front office at the time, I think it was Buzzy Bavese, like opens up a drawer full of World Series tickets in 1952. <laughs> and he says, listen, if these, are, if these are for your butcher, I can sell you these. You know, at face, yeah. but if these are for your father, I'll sell you these, the better ones. Right. You know, there, yeah, yeah. there are no freebies. And I knew that going into 2015. It was my first World Series. I had done everything, but and I'd been to the playoffs and did Shea, but uh, missed the 2000 World Series, didn't get to go in 86. So it was, you know, it, it was, except until Daniel Murphy made that error in the eighth inning, it was worth it. Right. And even, even, even then, it, it was worth it. I was just going to ask, why didn't you get a chance to go in 86? I called Ticketron or Ticketmaster, whatever it was called, and I kept getting busy signal. Uh, Correct Tron. Uh, that's because I was scooping up all the tickets. I made a killing. Uh, on that. Oh, man, I should, I should have met you in the parking lot. But listen, where, where about this? <laughs> the parking lot. He doesn't park in the parking lot. Mario parks in the junkyard yeah. and eats Taco Bell out of the back of a truck no, with the nails sticking out. I, uh, I end up making. From the junkyard. I, make yeah. a, I make five ten to $10 to every game I go. I end up coming up with $5 more than I came with. He's in. a real scammer, this guy. Mario actually drops his car off to get an oil change <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> that's not even a joke. <laughs> He, he like got his muffler fixed, and his, instead of paying for parking, he like you know we can park by the tire fire. <laughs> it comes out to the same price. What do you think's going to happen with all those junkyards over there? You want to see they're going to build some uh, choochy mall out there, or what? I assume that's the plan. I mean, haven't most of the junkyards closed by now? Yeah. I know it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. look all that great for when you see uh, when you walk by in Roosevelt, but yeah. I, I I understood that uh, most most of that stuff was going away. I mean, I, I guess in. In their dream of dreams, there would already be City Field Village or something right, behind right. it. Seems to be taking a while, and I guess they don't really care There's what happens to the, the people who are living and working out there. They rounded up all the stray dogs. That's about it. Yeah. I was there no. uh, the Wednesday night game, the Bartolo Colon game, and uh, did you see you my You never sign? go to the second game of the season, Mario. They always lose well, that game. Uh, Greg was there. Uh, I was there, and uh, they did, did you lose. see my right. sign, Gracia lose. Bartolo? It was so big, I can't believe it didn't get on TV. But I parked in the junkyards, and now there's more parking because the junkyards are empty, and there's nothing but empty places now, and it's even better to park there than ever before. The cops wave him off, and he's like, okay, whatever, and he keeps driving in there, and then the cops are just like, forget this guy. Forget well, Greg, we're, we're, I think we are the same age. You became a Met fan at six, I've read in, in researching you, right? In 69, you were six? Yep. So, yeah, that, you were 54 then, right? Yeah, good at I am 54. Right, right. That's how I became a Met fan. We moved to uh, East Elmhurst in uh, in 69, and all of a sudden I discovered uh, that there was a thing called baseball. And, of course, the Mets winning the World Series was the biggest thing that probably made a lot of people our age Met fans. And um, we pretty much have the same probably chronological order of memories. And talking with Mario Asaro, author of uh, Piazza, Catcher Slugger, Icon and Star, available I mean, at Amazon right now. Where did you live when you were in 69? Could you walk to the stadium like we did? Or? No, I, lived in Long, I grew up in Long Beach on Long Island. Oh, my parents so. live there now. Let's get together and oh, throw okay. rocks at a seagull or something. I'm in. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get to go to a Met game until I was 10 because my parents 
wonderful people, but not baseball fans. And they mostly, you know, they, they tolerated. They didn't show and they didn't stop me from watching the Mets, but it wasn't anything I got from them. Right. Uh, so, you know, so, you know I, I, I basically, the people who raised me were, were Ralph Kiner, Bob Murphy, and Lindsey Nelson when right. it came to baseball. Cool That's where I learned stuff of that, and, you know, baseball cards and baseball digest and anything I get my hands on. And uh, oddly enough, by 86, my parents had kind of, I don't want to say jumped on the bandwagon, but they jumped on the bandwagon. Yeah. And they were like huge Mets fans for a few years during that period. Unfortunately, my, my mother died short, shortly uh, after, just as... Uh, the team was was going to hell in the early nineties, and my father stopped being Sorry. interested. But um, it was, you know, I I put it this way: I made, I made up for all the years I didn't get to go to Shea as a kid by uh, you know sp- spending every last minute I could there uh, when they were closing the place. That is good. Who is your favorite Mets announcer? I think I know. Uh, I know ever? Um, yeah, we'll go ever, know, and then we'll go. Current. It 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 it, it, would, it would feel. Sacrilegious to say anybody but Bob Murphy. Got him on the high, hard one. But I love Gary Cohen. So you're all so, the, yeah, uh, I mean, I, when, you know, years ago, I think that, that radio team of Gary Cohen and Bob Murphy together was the best radio team ever. I love Howie Rose. Howie Rose is my yeah, I mean, those, Gary Cohen and Bob yeah. Murphy together was fantastic. Yeah, and it was always funny reading, like, you'd read Phil Mushnick or Bob Raceman and kind of get, get the idea they didn't really necessarily love working with each other for, you know, every, every night of the year. But um, I, I still remember it was, it was one of the last games of 93, a 17-inning game that just wouldn't end. It was nothing, nothing against the Cardinals. And I was working, and I was listening to the game. And I just remember, like, I know I shouldn't care. I know they've lost 103 games already. But I can't stop listening to these two. They're great. And ever since then, I've just you know been so conscious. Uh, unfortunately, Murph is no longer with us, but just so conscious of Rest Gary Cohn's excellence. And, and I, I love the two years that he and Howie Rose were the radio team and oh, was actually nice. kind of bummed yeah. out when SNY came along and took <laughs> Gary away. But, yeah. hey, what do you know? Gary, Gary yeah, I was, bum- TV too. I was bummed out a little about that, too. But, yeah, but the, that TV uh, – um, team is just incredible. Oh no, Montreal just scored. Sorry, I'm watching the Rangers with 17 seconds left. Uh, can you give us the update on the Met game because they have the Rangers? I'm on trying it. to turn to change the channel. Ryan, no, I'm talking the channel. Two, I'm talking to two to Greg. Two two in the uh, bottom of the seventh. Hey, Montero hey. was on second and third, one out. Ugh, Why don't you just do a little play by play for us as this <laughs> no. interview goes along? That's illegal. <laughs> yeah, we're not allowed to disseminate the, well, what's if any, if, if anything happens, I will try to notice and uh, <laughs> let, let our listeners know. <laughs> Uh, speaking of uh, Howie and Gary, uh, have you ever played that game, that game show, Beat the Booth? You know what I'm talking about? Actually, yeah, I know. Actually, I know. I mean, I was not a contestant, but I had gotten a call from the PR guy at SNY when they were putting it together, and I don't know if it was him or just somebody kind of tipped him off and said, "We'd like you to come in, kind of for a, a practice game." Uh, like you could write about it because we know you know a lot about the Mets. And what what happened was I went in, went through the motions, and I it sort of turned out being quality control for them because they they asked one of the categories was you know name every player you can who was on the 2000 Mets World Series roster. Yeah. And I'm going through it very quickly, and I say Armando Benitez, and they say sorry, that's incorrect. I'm like. 
you're, you're kidding, right? Armando Benitez and, you know, I had a time limit, so I, cu- I couldn't give my whole spiel. So Armando Benitez, remember, blew, you know, walked Paul O'Neill, and then he got the save in game three. And then I went on. Anyway, yeah, it turns out that somebody just copied down an answer wrong, and uh, uh-huh. perhaps I saved perhaps I saved them from a lawsuit or something. That's an angry <laughs> contestant. That's, so, that's a pretty uh, good contestant when you can correct the show. Wow, that's so good. you weren't you weren't allowed to actually play, because I think you could probably kick their ass. I don't know, man. I, I, Those guys are good. I, I, guess, I guess I could have gone and tried out. I just had occurred to me, although like three different people swore they were going to call me and ask me to go in with them when they had auditions, but uh, for whatever reason, uh, I, I just uh, was a spectator. But you did quality control. That That's what matters. I guess. Yeah, I, I got... <laughs> I, I got a column out of it for the blog, basically. <laughs> and what about you're turning this blog? You're spinning this blog into gold, man. You're going to the World Series. You're meeting people. You're you're you know hanging out with Vince Coleman in the parking lot. <laughs> what about the absolutely the Q the QBC the Queens Baseball Convention? Were you on that ground floor for that, or was that uh, somebody else in Mets world? The fans? I I, I didn't. I, I certainly didn't come up with it or anything. But I've you know helped organize certain portions of the program. I've I got to uh, present an award to Art Shamsky last January, nice. so that was nice. fun. Are they doing and, it again? Is it going to continue? Or I think, yeah, it's, it's planned to be an annual thing. I mean, they've had it. They started four years ago. One year was unfortunately a, a victim of a blizzard, but the other three years went very well. Um, one of the great thrills of my life as a Mets fan was getting to present an award to Ed Charles, the glider, nice. who lives in Queens after all these years. Oh, let's get him who, in here. Well, I think I think Ed Charles would be like a much better guest than I'd be. Quite <laughs> <laughs> will but, you be giving uh, no, it? He just he just lit, lit the place up. And, will you be uh, donating? No, it's, just, it's a lot of fun because you're sitting around January and you're miserable because there's no baseball and you know the guys who uh, who had this idea because the Mets aren't the kind of organization that bothers to have a fan fest. So you know this is kind of like, hey everybody, let's put on a show. And, uh, you know, for five or six hours on a Saturday afternoon, uh, we, we all get to talk about the Mets and they meet a couple of uh, former players. And then, you know, we all go back to being miserable waiting for spring training. Oh, who came up with that? Who's will, the, will you be donating, donating a kidney to Ed Cranepool? Yes or no? Uh, if I had if I had a spare, I would, but I think I need what I have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the, uh, the 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 QBC, I guess, was a uh, a Mets police production. Shannon Sharp Shannon. and oh, Keith Black. I know Shannon and, uh, very well. One of their friends, Dan Foyg. Right. And I, I'm not sure to what extent. I, I think Darren Meenan was involved at least at the beginning, and there are a bunch of people. Again, it's, it's sort of it's, it's not nonprofit, but I basically, basically they're trying to make back what it costs to put it on, and. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's a good time. Yeah, I was, I was, we were talking to uh, Greg Prince, author of Piazza Catcher, Slugger, Icon, Star. Greg, where can people buy the book besides, like, well, you have Amazon, you have things like that. Is there a place you'd prefer them to buy the book for that, like, helps you more than buying it online or something? Um, I'm happy anybody buys it anywhere. Uh, I, I will put in a, a plug, if I may, for the Baseball Clubhouse. Uh, great store, kind of a gallery and Baseball Mecca down on 11th Street. I'm going to be appearing there on June 15th, the 40th anniversary of the Tom Seaver trade. Uh, Jay, Jay Goldberg, who runs the store, uh, has authors in. I've, I've done this a couple of times before. So when when I go there, I'll end up signing a bunch of books, and it'll be in the store. So uh, I, I would recommend Bergino. Otherwise, uh, your local independent bookstore or Barnes & Noble or Amazon. Uh, just if, Again, if you're a Mets fan, uh, especially from that era, 
uh, I think you'll enjoy it. So uh, please, please do. What do you want people to take away from this book? Do you think after it was all done and everything, what do you, what do you think people are going to, you know, what do you want them to walk away feeling after they're finished reading this book? Um, you know, it's, I, I suppose that that's an uh, individual experience, but I, I guess just the emotion of what it was like to live in those Bobby Valentine, Mike Piazza years as a Mets fan and just, that, that that constant sense of, you know, you can't not tune in tonight. And this, mind you, this is in the era of Fran Healy doing the games, but you can't miss, you know, what, what these Mets are about. I, I thought especially, you know, at, at the peak, 99, 2000, what, one of the chapters I, uh, I titled about that period was Drama Queens because it was just such a dramatic team to be around uh, just as a fan, just, you know, the kind of games they and you know the losing streaks they had to overcome, and their firing coaches, and having press conferences, and you know just all this stuff, and just just this, this sense of doubt that they're never going to make the playoffs, or they're never going to you know win a playoff series, and they keep you up all night, and ultimately uh, you know it, it was worth it, you know despite the fact that they never quite went all the way. So again, if if you lived it, I think you'll enjoy reliving it. And if you didn't, I think you'll, you'll find out what all the fuss is about. You'll find out. Why uh, your older siblings or your parents are walking around number thirty-one jerseys after all these years? <laughs> I remember going to like uh, they had the uh, like Piazza jersey giveaway, and I didn't understand what was going on. I was like, man, what, look at everyone's wearing the same jersey today. It's so weird. This whole section, they're all wearing number thirty-one. Like, all made out of t-shirt. I'm such I'm such a dummy that I didn't realize there was like a ticket package thing and everything. No, it's not a t-shirt. It's a it's a replica. It's yeah. pretty good until yeah, you nice. put a cigarette to it and it goes up like a full, full <laughs> flames. <laughs> Mario, it take Mario's, long to find out. <laughs> Mario's used to uh, the old asbestos uniforms. <laughs> He's very old. The John Stearns model. Right. Uh, <laughs> great. Uh, we should you, play crap, not crap. Uh, Mets players. One quickly. quick question, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, do you <laughs> think? Uh, do you think I'm out of order for saying that Carlos Beltran could be the next Met elected to the Hall of Fame as a Met? I think he, you know, he has a real good chance of going in. I can see him going in with a blank cap. Uh, he just, just strikes me as the kind of guy who yep. doesn't really want to offend anybody, doesn't want to necessarily cast his lot forever. And I, I know he, he was a great, in my mind, he was a great player as a Met. It's just hard for me to think of him as like a Met in the sense that you think of Seaver or Piazza or Mookie Wilson or somebody like that. Right, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. Anybody, I like numbers. Carlos Beltran plenty, but I, somehow I, I just don't get that vibe from him. He but uh, I think he was a great time. player. He did have more and time the, and the best numbers with the Mets. Is it his choice? I think that it's not even his choice anymore. To, uh, to I think I think you know they co- they collaborate on that. I mean, it was obvious that it was Piazza's choice mm-hmm. to go in as a Met, and yeah. you know I, you know if I had to, if I was completely objective and they put him in as a Dodger, I would have shrugged and said, yeah, I guess I can see that. But I, mm-hmm. then he, he became a a star in Los Angeles, but he just kind of became you know an icon. I think in they New started. York. Didn't they start? Letting the players choose after the Gary Carter debacle, where it was Quite like, well, the opposite. yeah, I, yeah, I think, well, well Gary Carter was like the first, if, if, mm-hmm. if you will, uh, victim might be too strong a word, but he was the first one subject to them saying, you know, we're going to decide because you you had Wade Boggs right. uh, making yeah, deals with the Devil Rays uh, that you know he went in as a Devil Ray, they would give him a job or a bonus or something, yeah. and that was kind of dicey. Crap. So you saw less and less of, or more and more of that, I should say, and then finally the Hall of Fame kind of said, you know what, we don't necessarily want want you guys to decide. And Carter, who 
probably would have gone as a bet because there were about to be no more expos. Instead, goes in as an expo, which, which honestly, I think is, is accurate and fair. Sure. But, by the way, um, Michael Conforto throughout the uh, runners trying to score to end the seventh but now nice. the replay nice. review wow. under replay review so you oh, never know after uh, last you never night. know what these replays but it was a great, th- it was yeah, a great I thought throw that around. Cespedes was out at the plate uh, upon uh, on the first viewing of that I thought he was yeah. safe I yeah. say safe I, no, I, I, I thought I, I thought he was touched and then uh, you know so I knew they were going to I kind of knew they were going to yeah. overturn that one what was your take on it? <laughs> he I thought I well I was I was watching through blue and orange colored glasses and I <laughs> and uh, but uh, they they upheld the call. Conforto gets the, the assist and uh, Rivera gets the put out and we're going to be I guess the eighth uh, tied at two. Um, uh, Greg W. Prince is the author of Piazza. Catcher, slugger, icon, star. Go get that book right now. Greg, you want to play a quick game called Crap Not Crap, which we usually play with bands. But I'll just na- I'll just give you a Mets player. You tell me they're crap or not crap. <laughs> Okay. All right. I hope you don't get in trouble. I hope the, you don't get fired by your blog or something, you know? Yeah, that'll, that'll be tough. <laughs> um, okay, crap, not crap. Vince Coleman. Crap. Montero, who we just saw. Crap. Yeah, I, I can't stand that guy. I don't know why they keep giving him chances. He yeah, had a great, Blake, he had a great spring. Like out, Stinks. Mike Pelfrey. If I, have, if I have to choose one, crap. Right. Uh, Carlos Beltran, as a Met. Not crap. Not, Not crap. crap. You don't care that he, uh, you know, I'm just played devil's advocate. Had the bat in his hand. Had the, had the bat in his hand I on pref- his shoulder. I that pref- was a nasty I pitch. I would prefer he had swung and connected and sent everybody home delirious, but, yeah. you know, that's what that was one that, one plate appearance out of many. Do you so. think he has a bad reputation? Like, uh, he's got, he had the reputation, too, that he wasn't really trying on defense, but I think that's kind of. Belong. Oh, he was. I mean, to, to me, I never saw DiMaggio play, but I just got that sense of everything I had read and seen of film clips that, like, he was just one of these guys who made center field look easy the way he glided to balls and just had all that talent. And, you know, he, you know I, I'll never forget him running up that, that stupid hill in Houston yeah. to, to save a game, making a catch there. And, you know, that, that to me was sort of the quintessential Beltron defensive play. I saw him leap over fences to make catches. Uh, I got no problem with Beltran. I, you know, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry they didn't win that game. I don't know why you know Yadier Molina isn't oh. more of a villain uh, as opposed to Carlos Beltran yeah. from that game, or for that matter, Aaron Heilman. Pedro Martinez. Oh, Heilman. Not crap. Not crap. No, I loved him as a Met. I thought he yeah. fit right in, kind of. Doug Sisk. <laughs> Take a risk. Uh, Eighty. From from eighty three to the middle of eighty four, not crap. Afterwards, not not this. not crap. Let's put it that way. Have you ever heard of our chant? World, yeah, the World Series ring. You what's, heard of what's our the chant, chant, Mario? Take a the risk, risk. Bring, bring in Sisk. Hubie <laughs> right. Brooks, not crap. I love Hubie Brooks. Oliver Perez. Oh God, uh, crap. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to. I just brought that up because I wanted to tell you that there was one season I went to, like you know. I don't know, 13 Mets games, and I think he started every single one of them. For some reason, he was always the starter when I went. I'm like, oh, no. And now when we we, they bring him in in relief against us, I'm like, game over, baby. Let's go. The same thing I think they brought in O'Flaherty the other day. I'm like, that's it. They're going to feast on this guy. Oh, you can see his eyes. He's twisted. (laughs) These guys are... Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing though that there are just those starting pitchers you wind up seeing over and over again, no matter yes, like sir. how you try not to. Yep. Because I, I I saw like every one of Kevin Apiers and Bruce Chen's starts <laughs> as Mets, and I was not going out of my way to to see either one of them. But I just right. 
I knew every graphic they used on on the scoreboard for Kevin Apier. Every time he would do anything, it's he struck out a batter. It said insane ape. Yeah, right. I thought that was the weirdest <laughs> picture of a monkey scratching himself. Very strange. So, I was always anyway. at I was always at Traxel's games, and they always took five hours. Yeah, he's a very slow worker. Yeah, and Yoshi. For some reason, I always one of them Yoshi from two thousand three is still going on. <laughs> right, but he is playing. Yeah, I went to one of the longest games. You, um, I think we won that game. You uh, Darvish was pitching for the Rangers. That guy works slow. Holy cow. Yeah. I was at that the, uh, uh, 16 inning game in uh, uh, Atlanta? No. Yeah, Atlanta. It was against Atlanta, right? I don't know. Right. Which, which 16 inning game? The playoff. Game. I don't remember when I guess Atlanta. Uh, it was in Atlanta. I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but it was the playoff game in 99. Uh, oh, the playoff game. Oh, yeah. okay. The Grand Slam single. Yeah, 15 yeah. innings. I was there for that. Five, five hours, 46 minutes. <laughs> oh Written about in, in this book about and my it was PF, raining. by the way. And yes. it was raining the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that was, was the, the one game I didn't get to go to in that series. But uh, that was also the only time in my life that I was watching that game in my living room with my wife. And when Venturi hits the uh, the ball over the fence... Uh, much like Grody and Kuzman or Carter and Orozco, I just like jumped on my wife, and she was not too happy about it. <laughs> it was, what is the best game, Mets game ever? I know it's a tough question. Yeah, uh, you know it's perverse, but to me, the best game I ever saw was the one the game after that game that you just described, which was Game Six in Atlanta, which the Mets ended up losing, unfortunately, ten to nine, on Kenny Rogers' uh, bases loaded walk. And the reason I would take it is because number one, I was like just uh, I, I just felt like I was living on another planet that night, trying to to stay with it. Remember, they fell behind five nothing. Lighter had nothing. And, it was and 10 they, to six. they scored a few runs, 10 to and six. then there were a couple of couple of brave runs. And again, this this book is also detailed. In excuse me, this game is also detailed in the book. And then they they came storming back, and that was Piazza's big moment in that postseason. He hits a two run homer off John Smoltz that left the building in about two seconds. Right, and you know they they took leads and gave them back, and I just. But, you know, again, I'm really sorry. That I, I, I'm not picking a game the Mets won, but to me, there was something about that game. That's punk rock. And it was just such, such, such a bittersweet, uh, but somehow appropriate way to end that season. But uh, but you can't you can't go wrong with uh, Game 6 in Houston in 86 either, I suppose. Oh, yeah. They brought in Kenny Rogers, but you thought they should have brought in Dotel, right? You know, I didn't know what to think anymore. Is that the game where Kenny Rogers walked the run home? You know what I spent, like, five innings of that game doing? I... I was out loud complimenting every brave who came on the screen because I somehow thought that was going to fool the baseball gods. That if I <laughs> said nothing bad about Chipper Jones and Andrew Jones and Brian Jordan, all those bastards, those that bastards. Uh, somehow uh, karma would be on our side. Finally, like I, you know, I, I, I cheered something and I said to my wife, you know, I'm not just blowing smoke now i really mean this and i said okay now i've blown my cover and uh, i guess i still blame myself a little that was bit 1996 that was 96 99 oh 99. 99 is that the year atlanta got swept by the yankees in the world series yes yeah. they, they, that <laughs> the world series the world series i watched about half an hour uh, the most boring world series ever yeah if we're not talking postseason victory yeah. games what about uh regular season games do you think uh, i have two 9 11 game with piazza had to be probably one of the the best games, or, or is there one that's that was one of that? oh, well in terms of well pre Piazza. Let me just throw out the uh, the nineteen. In, you mentioned Atlanta, the nineteen inning game in nineteen eighty five, the sixteen to thirteen game, 
that went till four in the morning. Was that Fourth of July going off? Fourth of July yeah, game. Yeah. That, that 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 one to me is like in, in, in a league of its own. But in in terms of the Piazza years, uh, you know, the two games that stick with me, um, the one where he hits the three run homer at the end of the ten run inning, where they come back on Atlanta, also on a fireworks right, night, ironically. Right. But yeah, just to get to the to the nine eleven uh, or post nine eleven game, and just for a moment. In terms of an isolated moment that had like almost nothing to do with a pennant race, although the Mets were chasing the Braves and still had a chance, you know, I mean that was just like to me, that's just the essence of Piazza, where you know he hits that home run on, on a night where you start by not really feeling. I know I, I was at that game and not really feeling like we had any reason to be at a baseball game. Like, yeah. cause who cares about this? Stuff? I went to the next game, of and, course, is my keep, yeah, keeping then, like, my record hit, of going when he hit to the home run. The one thing I remember. Was me and I, you know, my my friend and now blogging partner Jason. We just kind of we just kind of looked at each other with this sense of nobody else was going to hit that home run. That you know, you Ventura, Zeal, Shinjo, Alfonso, name whoever you want. They're all yeah. capable of Liza hitting Liza Minnelli wasn't going to hit. It had to be Piazza. She did hit one. Yeah, it had to be him. Well, I got you guys all yeah. beat because I was at the infamous Mike Piazza Roger Clemens bat throwing game. Oh, you were the Subway Series. That wasn't the bat; it's the ball. He said. I went to Game Three of that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched. The the what do you think about? It? You think Piazza should have went out to the mound and and, and uh, fought Roger Clemens, or do you did Piazza do yes. the smart thing by not getting kicked out of yeah, the game? Yeah, you can't. Yeah, because you know that somehow the Mets would have been screwed. It was just in the air, and if Piazza yeah. goes and takes a swing at Clemens, not only is Piazza ejected and probably suspended Suspend for the next it. five games, that you know they probably you know give. Clemens an extra, you know, three strikes on every batter or something. Yeah. Uh, it, it just always felt rigged somehow. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, go, you know I, I didn't feel good going into that. situation, and Clemens should have been ejected at the very least. He should right. have been doing time as far as I was concerned yeah, I mean, that's, July. That's assault, man. He should, like, you know, they, they do that in hockey. It was steroids. They, they, they locked up Todd Bertuzzi and, uh, what's that yeah. guy, um, McSorley. They sent the cops to the ice. They lock you up right there. That's what they should have done to that guy. I, yeah, Greg, I I have a, I have wait, Mary, I have two uh, the two uh, oh, just quickly ahead, the two uh, the two games I've seen in person, which are the best Mets games I've ever seen. I think were happened pretty recently. The one I went to Philly with, with the, they just played the replay that the other day when uh, the it was home run David Wright's first yeah. game. Oh, back, the eight home runs, and he awesome. hit a home run, I believe, on the first pitch in his first at bat, and then it was just it was off to the races. Ryan Howard hit a three run home run in the first inning, I believe. And then it was like, yeah. oh, well, and then next thing you know, it's like seven to two. And me and my friend Dave were like, well, at least it's a nice day and blah, blah, blah. We drove down. <laughs> and and uh, then it was just off to the race. Every single person hit a homer. Flores hit two home runs. Cespedes yeah, might have had two. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yep. It was great. And then and the, the game we went to, Mario, the uh, uh, the uh, which also they replayed recently, the as Drupal Cabrera. I love that game. Bat flip. As far as far yeah. as far as you know, recent history, I think that's my favorite. Yeah, uh, that, game. that was and that whole that whole run last year. I think I may have enjoyed it right. just on a different level, just a yeah. little more than 2015. What was really? 1973, you know, history repeating itself. The Mets not in, looking terrible, not in any kind of a race, and then they, uh, you know, pulled it together. The, um, I'm going to throw, throw in one more game from, from, from the Piazza here, not really about Piazza. The, the game they had to win to get to a one-game playoff mm, when they beat great. the Pirates, when Melvin Morris scores on a wild pitch to Mike Piazza, and Piazza just winds this guy who they bring in to get the big hit. And what happens? He's just kind of standing there, and a wild pitch goes by him, and Melvin Mora comes uh, you know, racing home, and we're all celebrating. And we haven't won anything. We're just 
celebrating the fact that we get to play one more game tomorrow in right. Cincinnati to decide whether we finally get to go to the playoffs <laughs> after 11 years. But it was just one of the... I was, is like that I said, the Todd Hudley home run game field. the next day? That was the Bobby Jones one-hitter. Uh, yeah, the, the, well, the next game was the, the, the Al Leiter. Al Leiter threw a two-hitter at the Reds. The Bobby Jones game was uh, the end of the Giants series in 2000, oh, right. which was also right. great. Sorry. Which was the day after Agbayani hit the 13. That's what I'm talking about with that, that era. There were just so many games and yeah. weeks. And, you know, Todd Pratt hitting that home run when Piazza was injured yeah. to beat Arizona. So that, just, that was you a know, great era. The, um, <laughs> talking about the Clements thing and how I always go to the wrong game, I went to the one where we were supposed to hit Clements. He was finally going to bat. And Sean, oh, yeah. Sean, Estes Sean Estes threw the ball well, behind Sean him. Sean home run that game. And he had 10 but, strikeouts. And the, and yeah, and, and nobody was happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still should have got him. He threw, after all this, it's, you know, the, the whole offseason and everything, he, all you have to do is hit Roger Clemens with the ball. And he threw it right behind his butt. And it was just a, yeah. just, it was the most Mets moment. It was so Mets. Hey, Greg, there's one and, thing that's, I've never seen before, and I wonder if you've ever been to a game where this vagina? happened. <laughs> right. Have you? No. Uh, have you ever been to a game where there was a fight on the field? Not a real one. The last time that the Mets had sort of uh, a fight right at the end of the wonderful 2007 season, the day before the Saturday where they, they were beating up on the Marlins, John Main almost pitched the first no-hitter in Mets history. Yeah. Yeah. And somewhere along the way, uh, who was it? Miguel Olivo of the Marlins wasn't too happy with, uh, or what's it, I think it was Sandy Alomar, the coach. Yeah, and he wasn't too happy with Reyes. Apparently, Reyes and, and Lasting's Millage were were quote unquote celebrating too much. Even though the Mets won thirteen to nothing, allegedly the Marlins took all kinds of inspiration. They went out and they uh, attacked Tom Glavin the next day. Uh, you, you didn't ask me about my least favorite memory, but that's probably my least favorite memory. But no, I've, I've never never seen the, a real full on brawl. But I don't really have those anymore. Certainly, the Mets haven't had one like in twenty years. Not, do, do, that Bud Harrelson second base incident. There's always one in the Midwest How, somewhere. Harrelson. That was. Yeah, that 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 will be a calling card forever in both Harrelson's and Rose's life. Do you think Mike Piazza, if, um, if he was gay, would be the best gay catcher of all time? <laughs> you remember, uh, you remember I, that? I didn't really investigate that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And, so remember you know, that, Francesca? I, I, I think the one thing. I think the one thing that's, that's kind of interesting about that is in 2002, you know, he has to hold a press conference to say He's I'm not gay, gay. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, he handled it well, quote unquote, relatively well. It's like it was almost, you know, I have to defend myself against these scurrilous rumors, and you know, it seemed normal then to say that, and now it's almost exactly. like, so what if you are gay? Right. But uh, I have a theory about know, that. You I, want, you want I, to hear I, it? I don't know him well enough, so I couldn't. What's your theory, John? You want to hear my theory about that? Yes, we do. All right, I think Roberto Alomar is gay. This is my this is my theory. It's not, you know, it's just speculation. And I think that that's why he got into the fight with the ump, and ended up spitting in his face. I think the ump said something like, you know, called him a oh, derogatory I've heard name. Speculate that before. And I think Piazza was uh, protecting Alomar because I think it was probably a little bit known in the clubhouse that he might have been a gay man. That's this is my totally spec- speculative theory based on nothing, Greg. <laughs> and now where's where's Alomar? You don't see him. He's sick. Well, you know, I'm just to put do it. Well, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, Alomar and uh, like with Tim Raines throughout the first pitch in Toronto on opening day because he was doing the Hall of Fame as a Canadian player, and Alomar caught the the uh, the uh, pitch from him. So I guess uh, he is 
Let's put it this way. I wouldn't expect Roberto Alomar, sort of like I wouldn't expect Tom Glavin to be kind of spending his, his elder statesman years hanging around the Mets. Uh, you know, Piazza showed up on opening day for us, but uh, I think Alomar and Glavin and those, those Mets who kind of, those Hall of Famers who kind of came and went, uh, you know, like Pedro Martinez. I love Pedro Martinez when he was here, but he's obviously cast his lot with the Red Sox for eternity. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, good, good, good luck to Roberto Alomar. Good luck to Tom Glavin, even even though uh, I'm not too, happy, not too happy with him still after 11 years. Greg, thank you so much for calling in. Really, really appreciate it, man. I'd oh, love to have you on again. I mean, we could, well, we could, I could talk Mets with you for hours. I mean, it just, it just could ne- never end. That's why uh, you need to start the Joanna po- Sess podcast. You got to come in here and witness the uh, Mets kingdom that we have built here in the barrage. That's right. And uh, that's Greg Prince. He's the author of Piazza, Catcher, Slugger, Icon, Star, which is available from um, uh, Skyhorse Publishing. You can get that at Amazon. You can get it at your local bookstore. You get it at Barnes & Noble. Is there anything else? Uh, also, Faith and Fear and Flushing is his blog. Do you want to plug anything else, Greg? Tell people where they can find uh, you. Get in contact faith and with Faithandfearandflushing.com. Hopefully uh, when the Mets win tonight, although it is tied at two in the bottom of the eighth with Josh edging on, so uh, fasten your seatbelt, yes. as Murph would have said. Uh, well, <laughs> be writing something about this game, although I mostly spent it talking to you. you and um, you do it. Otherwise, yeah, no. Do, the the do, Piazza book is out there. My, uh, I'll quickly plug the other three books in, yes. in, in my baseball library. Uh, Faith and Fear and Flushing, same name as, as the blog. Uh, a book called Happiest Recap, part yeah. of a, a series I, I hope to finish about the greatest games in Mets history, and uh, the greatest wins. And uh, amazing, again, about the 2015 Mets. They're all available on Amazon. And uh, other one, I'm on Twitter at, at Greg underscore Prince. Uh, usually hang out during games. All right, man. Did you blog about every single game? And is your wife like, is she going to kill you or she knew this going in? Uh, between me and my partner, we you know we hit all 162 games and Take hopefully turns. postseason games. Uh, you know, my, my my wife has my wife has become a wow. Mets fan by osmosis over the years. Yeah, it's like I mean, she doesn't walk around thinking about it, but like, but you know, she she might have an opinion on Mike Pelfrey, but it'd be more like, oh, he seemed like he seemed like he looked like a nice guy. Right. I don't think it should be like. A, <laughs> oh, my wife's going to be ERA. thrilled. We just called up Sean Gill Martin to uh, because it was that long game last night, and she thinks he's <laughs> quote unquote cute. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think we. I don't think my my wife has seen enough of Sean Gill Martin to generate. He came in. He came in. The blog is uh, is is. is, is Put it this way: she she knows uh, she married the Mets when she got involved Listen, with me, and it's been a nice it's been a nice three way romance. Speaking uh, of that that Phillies game we went to in Philly, uh, Degrom did not have it that night, and who came in and with a solid uh, middle relief, Sean Gilmart. Thank you, kept and us in he, the game. He, he got a base hit that night. No. If I recall, what about that right. smoker last night? Man, that, that that ball flies out of there. It's that Citizens Bank Park. It's like a little league park. It, it, the ball just flies out of there. It's crazy. Little. Listen, little. Greg, before we say good night, uh, self serving, but. Do you know how I could get anything oh, signed by yeah. Piazza? Yeah. All right. Thank you, Greg. Oh, uh, don't go. Damn it. I had a good question, He's, too. <laughs> all right, Greg. We, I got to go. D- d- don't listen to Mario. No, He's no. Always I have my son's jersey. I need it signed. All I right. don't. I, I have absolutely 27. no idea, except I would, I would uh, when they say he'll be at City Field, show up early and... Uh, you know, he seems like a nice enough guy to sign it. Or, tra- or, or perhaps he will charge you. I and say no hello to my friend Shannon. I'm a big follower of the Mets police, and he knows me as Mario Bro 44. Nobody cares. And uh, these no, are things re- reserved for emails a good, a good between son. you and Greg. Thank you. Greg, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate Guys, it. And thank you very much. A lot of fun. We'll Take be care. back with the happy recap right after this. Thanks, Greg. Thank you, sir. There he goes. There's Greg. And we can uh, put that interview. Put it in the book.
books. We can put it in the books, and we'll be back with the news and the Ryan game and all that stuff right after this. Put it in the Stick around. It's Christian Fitness. As I say, have you seen the way flies congregate around a corpse? First I'll take your parking space, then they'll make you dance for it. 
in Bohemia. What's up, Nick? Nick in Bohemia. What's up, Nick? Hey, Mike. How are you? Good. Listen, as a Mets fan, I mean, you really can't be too uh, too confident going into it. No, into that well, I, but I wouldn't be confident this year. I mean, you can't. But I want to just talk Piazza with you for a second. Um, do you think if it does come out that he is gay, that he'll be the uh, you know best homosexual catcher we've ever seen? I would think he would be the best homosexual catcher. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that's true. But I don't know of any others anyway. Mike and Yonkers, what's up, Mike? Hey, Mike. What's Mike. happening? <laughs> you are while you're falling apart and it open a can of worms. And that in my hand and I know it looks bad, but believe me, I'm innocent. And I'm fearful, I'm fearful, I'm fearful of flying, and flying is fearful of me. And I'm covering my eyes when she told me the news, telling me I'm with my lightsaber cocksucking. Too late now. I already played the song, didn't I? Sorry. That's not the song I meant to play. Enjoy. Thank you. Life in the Browns, Radio Night. No fucking. Nicotine stain on account of a crutch, and I'm aching from fucking too much. And I know what I do, and it all points to you. Did you sell me to Wanderlust? And I'm fearful, I'm fearful, I'm fearful of flying, and flying is fearful of me. And I'm covering my eyes when she told me the news, turning me on with my lightsaber cocksucking.
right, and we're back here on uh, Radio Nope, and thank you for joining us here on Live from the Barrage on Radio Nope. Radio Nope on Live from the Barrage, 26 degrees. Uh, Coming at you. The fucking Rangers. Montreal, Montreal has tied it up with 17 seconds left. Now we're in the Ovaltine. What do they do in the playoffs? They do a shootout, John? No. No. Constant, it's, kind of, it's a perpetual... Like Playoffs till days. someone's scores. This sudden death is brought to you by Northwell Health like Center. It should be. Like it like should it be. Perpetual. <laughs> Thank you. And the Mets still tied it up, uh, Ryan? Is that what's going on since you changed the channel? We don't know. Channel. Uh, look that up for you right now. Thank you. That was good. That was good to have Greg call in. Or Dave, good. whatever his name is. Yeah, Greg. <laughs> we thank Greg Prince and our other guest, Falco. You, you know, these, these, I consider Falco from Future of the Left uh, uh, like... A top-notch guest. I would like to hear more from him. I would like to hear more from him, too. It just uh, kind of worked out where we had some other things booked, and sometimes that happens, and you we guys, have to do two interviews in one day because we don't want to offend anyone or have anyone, like, you know, bump anybody. It's I, two interviews. I don't want to bump people. That's ridiculous. It's double your entertainment here on Laugh in the Barrage. Two for- Everyone's nice enough to call in and talk to us. I'm not bumping anybody. Yeah, yeah we are, oh, we have, uh, we're blessed with too many producers. We haven't been this so blessed in a long time. Scores right. 2-2 in the middle of the ninth. Hopefully we'll talk to him again soon, and, uh, you know. Nobody I mean, gets bumped on Laugh in the Barrage. Uh, no, <laughs> everyone gets laid, and no Nobody gets bumped. <laughs> I like that. Speaking of so the Mets, fun Johnny, times. Are we, yes. Are Mario. we going uh, April twenty fifth? Why do you ask me these things on the air? Like, because like, I want to invite the world, uh, Greg, and anybody else who wants to come. April twenty fifth, you will find us at section four twenty seven or smoking. Right I'm, I'm, the a, I'm out. Right. This is our cliffhanger for next week. <laughs> you will not out. find me there. You can bring Eton Mursky or something like that. <laughs> oh, the world famous singer of uh, that's right, of American Splendor fame. Yes. I will be there with him. I'm always. You know what I get when he goes to a game? I get Free one stuff. of his back CDs, one of his old CDs, and I get half a sandwich. And the silent treatment CDs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He brings me a CD. It's very nice. I love, CDs? His, I love his catalog. He's a he's prolific singer. Kyle in the chat box saying Lemon Cokey got a few bumps this one time. Thank you. We will not bump any guests. We will let Lemon Cokey <laughs> do a bump. We can bump oh, before the show goes off the rails. Lemon so. Cokey's been on the rails. show. Yes, yeah. many times. Okay. Here live. Just once. Yes. Yeah, he was been in, he was here. I must have been here. What do you say we do in the news or play a game? Oh, all right, it's time for the Tommy's news. Let's play a game. It's time for Tommy's Tommy news, I said. Rockstar's bullshit. Tommy's been waiting patiently. Uh, Tommy and Pat sitting through the baseball talk with the patience of saints because it's just completely uninteresting to them. And I'm sure a lot of the audience who doesn't follow baseball. But you know what? Go F yourself. We were thumb and, wrestling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tommy was on Instagram the entire time. I swear to God, I thought Pat was going to disappear into an Uber like he usually does. <laughs> he still made it, Pat. Pat, you might as well just drive for an Uber now and drive yourself home. <laughs> Can I pay myself? Yeah. I, I sued I- myself one time. I think the IRS frowns on that type of behavior. <laughs> I want to get a vehicle that will transport 10 to 12 people. What do I need? You need well, first of all, you need to stop drinking for five seconds. <laughs> I stayed sober, and now at the break, I went full tilt because I was sober for our Met guest, even though I called What do you drink? You're not drinking my liquor, are you? I'm drinking the wine I bought I for you, you were... and you threw in the garbage. I, you, I fished you, it out of the garbage. You fished the wine out of the garbage? My box of wine. What that's, the hell? That's not good when it gets warm out. It was out here it's all night. It's been out there for like three red weeks. Red wine is supposed to be warm. I'm the only one who has it with ice and Coca-Cola. Oh, God, he's drinking wine out of the garbage, everybody. <laughs> Why don't you tell everybody what happened on Monday night when you kept me here till 5 in the morning? I felt like a cheap date walking out of here. 
with the same clothes I came in and if you don't, my shoes. I'm sorry, I had a poker game, which is free for you to come and use my house and everything. Sorry I hosted that. I, that won't happen again. 5 a.m., Johnny boy. Mario, you floozy. Mario's move is to like, the like I have all these shit. people over and I, I, I host them for the poker game and everyone, their move is to get mad at me. So this way they don't feel bad about bringing <laughs> beer or anything. This week, Mario. Yeah, they get mad at me. I, did not I brought garbage. Why? But I come to your house every week and throw garbage on your floor. First of all, jerk off. I brought the wine <laughs> by the by 3 a.m. Something's off my mic or my headphones. It, it, something's off, all right. <laughs> oh, I was, can't hear it. That was right over the plate. Your mic is up. I don't know. It's my headphones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Try to knock everything off. Your that's free why headphones. I was yelling. That's why I was yelling. Oh, that's why. Right. That's why. His free headphones Mario, dur- during the break, Mario was just telling us that his family makes him wear headphones to watch television in the living room because he watches it so loud. <laughs> what'd you say? What'd you, you say? <laughs> they make him wear a muzzle, too. <laughs> muzzle. <laughs> anyway, by 3 a.m., you guys were loving my box of wine because I guess all your beer ran out. And you were you were over there like it looked like Little Italy. You guys were sitting at Chella Luda Menzamata. I love wine in a box. Was that not true, John? You all drank the wine. Mario, what sure did you did. just say in Italian? I, it was the one time you brought something. I'm drinking it. You and Rudy? One in a box. Rudy had his like... <laughs> That's a nice. What is this so called? Rudy, yeah, once once again with the visual gags. I went in. And our good friend Joe... <laughs> like Kazuga's laughing. Masked Joe was there. Oh, we just lost the game, I think. God damn it. Well, speaking of games. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like a Is there a game movie. in the news, Tommy? I knew they were going to win when they scored their goal. Fuckers. Oh. Look at the glass. The, uh, those oh, Canadians yeah. are going nuts. They're going to tear the place apart. It's like a fucking zombie movie they going like, on here. Hockey in Canada? Oh, it's not game shit. seven, boys. It's game two. Take it down a notch. Oh, it's up in not, not one of their teams was even in the playoffs yeah. last year. So Now Brian Gallagher is all happy. I hate that guy. What? Come back to the garden. There's a guy named, oh, it's Brendan Gallagher's his name on Montreal. <laughs> is, is it over? Is that over? Speed trip. Is that over? It's over, yeah. Rangers lose. Well. Now get the remote, Ryan, and fix the TV. Put that Mets game back on. You got it. Thank you. Let's <laughs> yes, hear the news. I'm getting pissed off now. I'm, I'm, it's, a, it's 11 o'clock. I finally came alive. I'm ready to do the show. <laughs> yeah. John, John threw two lighters at the screen when, the, uh, when, yeah. the, when Montreal tied it up. Care for some cola wine to celebrate? It should be illegal to take the goalie out. At the you, end of the game. You want to watch? I mean, if both, you got to watch yourself when it's, when it's competitive sports at John Houlihan because things yeah. start to fly. If these guys lose, <laughs> he's too, a controller throwing motherfucker. You don't want to be around a PlayStation and a fucking flat screen television. He sends oh, people home when he loses. Uh, what's in the news, Tommy? Lots John's, of the news. John's from the CRT era where you can throw something at the screen and it just bounce right off. Mm. Breaking news. <laughs> Tommy <Rockstar. laughs> It was not a good week for United Airlines after an Asian doctor was dragged off a Kentucky bound plane in Chicago that was improperly oversold. Result? His name was Who Why Me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus God. Uh, and here we go. Resulting in some runway hijinks. I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for that Tommy twist on the news. <laughs> the bewildered passenger named Dr. David Dow. Dr. Dow was hauled off a United flight after ground officials man, uh, manhandled the randomly selected man, beating Did he him out, bland, <laughs> oh, no. beating and bloodying him. That was I'm inappropriate. You must get off the plane. Inappropriate. You must get off the plane. Dow. All right, Mario. After, tell a story. After he refused to deboard. 
However, D board, D plane, Doctor Dow, <laughs> boss, defriend this whole plan. I knew a D bar from Slovenia. <laughs> However, Doctor Dow apparently had a taste for gambling, a history of angry outbursts, and a conviction of trading narcotics prescriptions and mm. cash. For now, K-sex. what does this have to do yeah, with the incident exactly. at hand? It, Nothing. It absolutely doesn't. But I have right. to put it in the news. It's what these people do. To, like when like somebody gets shot, they go, "Well, he he robbed a store like right. t- two weeks ago." To de- Turns out he was guilty. To discredit him. <laughs> after after, oh. I just picture the the guy from Conan. What's the writer's name? Turns out he was guilty. <laughs> According to dirt dug up by TRNN sources, <laughs> Dr. Dow's medical license... That's the Yahoo News. Yeah. <laughs> Help, Tommy. And that's the news available to everyone Yahoo on news. every website. ...was suspended in 2003 uh, following his arrest for charges including unlawful prescription and trafficking of controlled substance. Unlawful. He was accused of providing prescriptions for Vicodin and other narcotics. Oh, for fuck's sake. Why, why is more of the story about his yeah. uh, background than about what actually oh, yeah. happened? That's how uh-huh. I copied and pasted yeah. Let's it. Let's dig up stuff that he was never... Listen. <laughs> there was never a problem. I know Dr. Dow, and he's a fruitcake, man. Did you see him afterwards? He ran back on the plane yelling, yelling, they want me off the plane. The Did man he? is crazier than me. The, the man repeatedly hooked up in motels. And uh, oh my God! Paying around two hundred dollars each time while sharing drugs with his patient. On the day he was busted, Dow was secretly videotaped with a man named. Who cares? Why is this an indictment of this guy who was fucking uh-huh. abused and thrown? It's got blame? nothing to do with the what incident. That didn't Tommy? meet the terms of fucking. You're disparaging the you man's signed. character. I'm just copying what What's TMZ next, wrote. Tommy, are you going to tell us the guy at Survivor is transgender? Poor Zeke. Regar- transgender. Regardless, Dow became. Who the fuck's to watch Survivor in 2017? <laughs> and it's still on. The I guy got outed by a gay yes, man. Yes, we know. That's in the news next. Go. He became uh, an inadvertent star of viral videos, stirring outrage around the globe, and said he was under going a, a hospital treatment in Chicago hospital. when he w- was asked what hurt the married grandfather answered everything uh, things continue to go wrong for United Airlines this week after another man claimed that a raging scorpion stung him on a flight this week on United <laughs> the raging scorpions are my favorite heavy metal band yeah, I was going to say it was a flight to Hamburg <laughs> <laughs> Gorky Park <laughs> According to multiple TRNN sources, passenger sting stung. Passenger Richard Bell was on a United flight from Houston yeah, yeah, to Calgary. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Rock. When the stingy creature yeah. fell from an overhead bin and stung him mid-flight, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the man flailed stingy. about. And stingy tr- creature is my favorite kiss track. That's <laughs> my favorite Arctic monkeys. <laughs> the man flailed about trying to thwart the creature. Or David Byrne's side project. What was his name? Richard Bell? <laughs> but the scorpion was having none of it and stung the man multiple yeah. times in the groin. Yes. Scorpion yes, shark. It's my favorite. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, Vampire yeah, weekend album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. United yeah. Airlines told yeah. TRN. Yeah. Bob in the chat box wants to know if you're going to dig up some dirt on the guy who got stung by the scorpion. Now. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was his? what's his life like? You know? Yeah. Turns he out once he ran a red light, so Turns out he missed two child support payments. <laughs> Sting away. United uh-huh. Airlines. He's t- late in his utility bills routinely. <laughs> told TRN that the airline crew immediately consulted with a physician on the ground who provided guidance throughout the incident. 
<laughs> the company said that the man's injuries were non-life-threatening. You're going to be all right. <laughs> United CEO Oscar... I've seen this sort of thing before. <laughs> United Airlines CEO... In my experience, scorpion bites aren't that bad. Oscar Munez issued... Well, it's a King Kong movie. A detailed apology for everyone involved in both incidents. Well, it's an Ed Wood movie. United's got it. <laughs> Do you know that... Doc- Oscar Munez. I'm sorry about the thing that happened and also about the scorpions, the snakes. Sorry for the giant and scorpion. the bleeding the man. constant... Accidents, crashing. Do you know that Dr. Dr. Dow is actually uh, a World Series uh, Don't poker do stick. He's a poker player. Is he? He's got $270,000 in recorded wins. Wow. He's on the register. Samuel L. Jackson sequel. They're going to say he now has an afternoon talk show on the WG. <laughs> After you get busted. Scorps on a plane. Scorps on a plane. <laughs> Dr. Dow. Great, Ron. Rock! Let's get these motherfucking scorps off my plane. Scorps on sports. This story is out of Florida. A Florida gambler. Rock you like an airplane. Rock! A Florida gambler lost out on a $100,000 slot machine jackpot this week after he let a friend do the honors by pushing the winning button. This is horse shit. The man who goes by Jan Flatto... Age 66. <laughs> Flatto. Yeah. Flatto. He's, he's flat out. His uh, first name is Jam. Jan, no, Jan. Jan Can you just Flatto. start making up the names? Yeah, no, this is real. Oh, and Jan. the Mets lose. Oh, Jan. You mean Jan. Oh, oh my yeah, Jan. God. The Mets lose in the last inning. Everybody the, out. The Rangers lose in the last inning. You're all fire. Jan Flatto. Get out. Miami thinks it's the World Series. Look, they, them too. Jerks. The man was feeding cash into a $50 a spin double top dollar slot machine at double. the Seminole Hard Rock Seminole. Hotel Seminole. Casino Seminole. In, Hollywood. in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Seminole. When his, in, it's named after the uh, Native Americans, I believe. My father Seminole is uh, one of the medications Dr. Dow was accused of selling by Tommy. Come on, man. I need a prescription. When the Seminole. Man, he's known to go to hotel rooms and sell Seminole. <laughs> when his fortunes changed. <laughs> At one point, the, dance! at one point, the man let his friend. <laughs> at one point, the man let his friend Marina Steele push the button for good luck. So what's the matter she with that? She stole from him. According to reports, the woman was indeed his good luck charm as the machine's bells and whistles went off. Whistles. With Flatto assuming that he was the one with the money. However, casino officials. Uh, who, who reviewed surveillance footage to confirm the place that it was yeah. missed? This happens. This yeah. happens when if you're sitting in front of the, the thing and you're on camera, and it's you know it's not you. You don't win. That's so it. She gets the money. According then? to officials, the person who pushes the slot machine button or pulls the arm is the person who wins the jackpot. Correct. Said Seminole spokesman Gary Bittner. <laughs> Seminole. <laughs> Said Seminole spokesman Gary, <laughs> fuck you, you lose. <laughs> 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 What? That's my real name. It's like Eugenius S. Outerbridge. What the fuck? Apparently, Flatto not only lost the jackpot, but his friend, too. Miss Steele reportedly asked for armed security guards to keep an eye on the man as she walked out with her big payout. Uh, what a jerk. Quote, I said, Marina, where the hell are you going? But she just flat out walked away from me and left. Oh, who knew? I saw this on an episode of Full House. Joey had to give back the money because the girls pulled the slot. What? I saw this on an episode is of this Love when Boat. You had your, is this what you watch with your headphones in the living room, Full House? <laughs> I saw this on an episode of Love Boat, but she walked into the ocean with her big winnings. <laughs> she stormed out that of show the is, one room that is the casino. That show is deep on many levels. <laughs> Weeks said... I'm sorry. Weeks later, Flatto claims Steele texted him saying, do you still hate me? But Flatto responded, how could you do that to me? The furious Flatto offered up uh, this tip to fellow slot players. That's the name of the new uh, Fast and Furious movie. (laughs) It's my favorite vintage hip-hop single. (laughs) Furious Flatto. Yeah, they were great. His tip was, don't ever let anyone touch your button. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, good tip. Here's a tip. You mean Bhutan. Don't even let him touch anything for luck because uh, you can see what Marina did to me. When pressed for comment by TRNN, Marina Steele said she when offered. When pressed for comment, he, uh, someone else pressed the <laughs> button for the comment. And he lost that too. They're currently showing it. <laughs> Wrong. Under Section 37B of the contract signed by him, it states quite clearly that all offers shall become null and void if, and you can read it for yourself in this photostatic copy, I, the undersigned, shall forfeit all rights, privileges, and licenses herein and herein contained, etc., etc. Fax mentis incendium gloria calcum, etc., etc. Memo bis punitor delicatum. It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. You bumped into the ceiling, which now has to be washed and sterilized, so you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And that's what happened to our friend there. Yeah, Marina Steele. <laughs> Jesus, God. Somebody shoot me. Marina stole. Marina Steele said she offered the deflated flatto some of the winnings. But claims <laughs> deflated deflated flatto. How much? How much was the winnings? <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> But claims that after receiving threatening texts from the man, all bets were off. How, oh. much, how much money are we talking about? Playing words. Half a hundred thousand, Mario. Said casino official. A hundred grand. <laughs> Frank runs with the wind. Frank, not a mob. Too flat, too furious. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you. This is my last story. Frank Mafioso Flato. says it was totally late. Yeah, right. Look at these two balloon heads. I'm over here now. Former Vinny the Chin. <laughs> Says everything's on the up and up. <laughs> Former Creed frontman Scott Stapp. <laughs> oh, no. You know, that's the drummer of Def Leppard's name. That's a Stapp infection. <laughs> they used to call him the one-armed bandit. Re- Scott Stapp infection. Recently, he was a gambler. came public telling an interview that he was visited by the ghost of deceased ro- uh, rock singer Scott Weiland while urinating in his Clint tour bus <laughs> bathroom. <laughs> it's a loser meets loser convention. <laughs> I was visited by the ghost of Glenn Danzig. <laughs> I was visited by the ghost of Glenn Fry. He's still alive. <laughs> Listen to, to my, take it easy. my new songs <laughs> while you urinate in the trailer. Sources say the ghost of Glenn Fry reminded everybody to take it easy. <laughs> in an interview, in an interview with TRNN magazine this month, he was visited by a man who was looking to quote loosen his load. It is I, Scott Violent. <laughs> I'm here to visit you. I'm back from the dead. <laughs> I am Scott Violent. My career is dead. My career, not only was that, my career was dead before me. <laughs> In an interview with TRNN Magazine this month, the beleaguered singer told me... <laughs> beleaguered. <laughs> Who's, what, what band is beleaguered? <laughs> uh, it's a side project. The beleaguered singer said that he once rented the same tour bus as Wyland, that, where Wyland died of an accidental overdose in 2015. No, and it was there accidental. where he encountered the spirit of the Stone Temple Pilots frontman. It turns out the bus Temple. was haunted. Haunted by me, Temple. Scott Wyland. <laughs> Temple. You must spend one night in this tour bus. I am, I am, I am. One I am going night. to have sex with you. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to want to get with you. To hurt you too. <laughs> Waiting for you dogs to smell something. The blood, it means her period. You don't even have to want me to. I got time, got time. I got all the time in the world. <laughs> Undead. I'm Immortal. Quote. I'm even, I'm even better now. <laughs> Sorry, Gilbert. All Apologies the, to Gilbert Godfrey. I can sneak into the room. 
You'll never know. <laughs> Show me your velvet revolver. I only need the window to... While you urinate. I only need a window. A bus window to be slid <laughs> to the side. Just enough... To Tommy, fit the bat. I think your news is just a prop for these two guys to go on and you, on you with think? their shtick. You think? Wow, you just figured that out at two, show 205? <laughs> Freaking idiot. Sorry, you're not in. Quote, the bus window I'm only has to be slid open enough to fit the bat. Mario's cramping up. All of a sudden, it was like... <laughs> Quote, all of a sudden it was like Whelan was speaking to me from the grave, man. Recall the silly staff. Ah. <laughs> it was a very weird feeling that I felt. I remember being in the bathroom, looking in the mirror as I peed on the bus, and then really feeling like I could hear and feel him saying, dude, this could have been you. The pee on the bus. It is you. I'd ra- that guy should be dead <laughs> I mean, rather than Scott Wild. He, he, that, this guy's nuts. He continued How on. How is he I still I have know. a bus? He's not, he's totally People nuts. go see this guy in concerts? He, he rents the bus, really. And that's where he lives, dude. <laughs> it's, not, it's not much it's difficult than me and you getting a Ford Focus. He's a rental, <laughs> to be honest. I need it to be left hand dry. <laughs> Fry him in Europe. The surly staff continued. And <laughs> the surly staff. <laughs> <laughs> this could be you if you continue down your path, Wyland's ghost told him. Don't do what I did. Don't go down that road. Don't do drugs. <laughs> don't do what Donnie don't does. <laughs> the supernatural don't meeting. Don't play half of Led Zeppelin riffs <laughs> and try to make all songs. Out of By the way, there is no God. Goodbye. The supernatural meeting of the two Scots was naturally <laughs> made a lasting impression on Staff. One that supposedly kept him from falling off the wagon again. I think everything that guy sees yeah. in his life makes a lasting impression well, on exactly. his drug-addled brain. That Denny's that he was at made a lasting impression. <laughs> <laughs> I got catfished. Quote, it was just one of those weird things that kind of like the stars aligned. The universe arranged itself at the right time in my bus. I know what you mean. For, to further solidify my commitment to recovery. He noted, it was definitely one of those God moments. I got goosebumps thinking about it right now. It was definitely a God moment. I saw saw goosebumps (laughs) on Nickelodeon. I am a fan of R.L. Stein. I watch with my children. (laughs) She's underrated. After after night. After dark. (laughs) In the night. In the night. We turn on the Nickelodeon. Up all night. And we watch goosebumps with Gilbert Gunn. After fooling much of the internet into believing he was replacing Wyland in STP, Stapp announced that he was actually joining the hard rock outfit Art of Anarchy instead. Oh, good move. Better my name. (laughs) 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 That band recently put out a new album called The Madness, although not much has heard from the band since. (laughs) Not much has been heard from them since. (laughs) Right up there with the darkness. (laughs) Fucking idiots. And according to reports, that's the news. Fuck you. Well, well I think done, that's record Tommy. time, well, Tommy. Tommy. Yeah, breeze through that shit. We got to talk, but you still got through it. Very good. There's All Tommy's right. news. Three stories. One Shock full of I will file this under the best news ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> There's Mario's news now? Breaking nationwide news coverage. Turn on your TV. Hello. To listen to a I bunch of busting out paperwork. Buffoons, goof on shit. The Dracula listen music's still playing. I know, I love it. Every Friday at 8 p.m. on Livestream.com. I want to play the Ryan game. I, I Google uh, 16 hours of Dracula music. This <laughs> 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 is the kid who put together that Megamix. <laughs> copy paste, copy paste. Probably Godfrey's kid, actually. <laughs> I, I think Scott Staff. Someone thought that was a good idea. The funny Scott part about Staff. it, Scott Staff isn't even on tour. He just rented the bus yeah, and he's exactly. just driving from city to city, being a nudge. It's like this, this is how I live now, bro. This is it. There's no. He's, t- he's the he, only he, life I know. He has a bunch of roadies. 
are stringing up his guitars, but there's no gig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to play some Ryan game? Yeah. Uh, good afternoon, Mikey. How are you today? He wakes, clock, he wakes at like 3 p.m. in the afternoon, and he's like, how was the show? And, oh, the show was great. It was Scott, great. Don't worry about it. It's like an imaginary <laughs> roadie. Tell yeah, him. I still got it, bro. You know, I went to see Scott Staff last night. He didn't play. It was the same set from last week. Bullshit. Yeah. Front to back. You performed in a Burger King bathroom. <laughs> Thanks for playing. From a barrage in Queens, New York, it's time to play the Ryan game. Hey, it's my favorite part of the show that doesn't involve interviewing people all day. Yeah. They really are. Here's your host, Ryan Collison. Yeah. Let's move on with the game. Every every week, Ryan comes up with a game for us. We have no idea what it's going to be here. No it's idea. totally on the level. <clears throat> Thank you. Every time. I never get a text. Yeah. And then we don't know what it is. <laughs> and I don't know why I feel like I have to I say that every time. I have no idea what's I happening. No idea what's going I don't know on. where I am. No clue. Thank you. Right, Ryan blindfolds us all every week and, and spins us around three times and points us towards a, a donkey. <laughs> towards Mario? Yeah. <laughs> oh, whoa. Yeah. Uh, Tommy, you're suspended from the show again. Oh. Right. <laughs> you can't do that. Thank you. Ryan, what's in the game this week? <laughs> Come back in six months, Tommy. <laughs> and also, if you could throw in a news story or two, I appreciate that. <laughs> exactly. How's Mr. McGee? I know all <laughs> there is to know about the Ryan news. <laughs> Ryan, According did, to re- did Mr. McGee pay a fee? <laughs> According to reports, <laughs> the man by the name of Ryan Collison. <laughs> Trivia the game guy. Seven-year-old Bob Eubanks. What's the matter, Mary? You have no microphone. Uh, my, now I do. Thank you. You back on? I'm ready. To I play. never turned it off. I just turned it down a little because you have a tendency to, to scream into the I'm microphone. I'm ready to play. No, right. it's these headphones. As nice as they look, they're not that good. Mario's ready to play. Mario's ready to keep score, it looks like. It's time for me to win the Ryan game. Who's who's ready to keep time? (laughs) I'll do time. Time Tommy, do time. Time. Something can win tonight. We need 20 seconds. (laughs) Oh, I know this game. Ooh. Right, it's real simple. Science simple, B. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. You have 20 seconds. I'm going to give you a category. You're going to give me as many examples as you can within that category. I love this game. Mm. Easy as that. Right? Huh? All right. What? And we played this a hundred <laughs> times, Sean. A hundred times. Yes. Shall I explain the sign is real simple, B. It says wrap it up. Wrap that shit up, B. <laughs> you better wrap that gavel up, B. Can we have an example? <laughs> yes. Of these examples <laughs> that you're looking for. If we said Brady Bunch. Well, if I said uh, name uh, as many bagels as you can in 20 seconds. Oh, uh, okay. Egg, Poppy, everything. Bagu. Right. Everything. Okay. Bagu. Plain. Bagu. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wish you didn't use that for the chess question. I could have totally won that. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right. Here's the Ryan game. 20 seconds or less. All right. Who first, goes we'll first? go with our host, John Houlihan. All right. John Houlihan in 20 seconds. And begin. Fill in the blank. Blank bomb. Go. A, a nuclear, hydrogen, sex. Sex bomb. It's a song by Flipper. Look it up. It's true. It's good. Um, <laughs> um, cherry. Louder than a five seconds by public enemy. You got all the time in the world. Um, Come on, little kids, you threw them at each other. This show right. time. At time. How many dirt bomb, get? John? Dirt bombs. How many did you get, Mario? Four. All right. I think I thought, it was five. I thought you did well, John. Thank you. Thank you, Pat. Some of the ones you're missing are uh, Yortha and uh, Yortha bomb. <laughs> Yortha. 
<laughs> You're the bomb is like the second prime minister of Israel. <laughs> Thanks for playing another edition of oh. The Ryan's. Speaking of bombs, I think we're at the brink of nuclear war. How's that voting for Trump going? Uh, we're in the middle. Of, uh, let, let's do another hour of politics. We could, uh, my favorite part was during the, uh, Falco. the Falco interview. Mario goes inside to eat Taco Bell or something. He comes running out and in the middle of my thought, like just screams something that makes no sense. And the conversation went for half an hour in that direction. Thank you I for did? that, Mario. Yeah. I tried to help. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You're quite welcome. Thank you very much. Well, actually, I think it was honestly, John. It was Falco who brought up politics. He started going that in his own route. No, we were, I'm not talking about that. Forget it. Go right, ahead. Okay. I'll right. listen to the tape. Let's go to Pat. Okay. Pat, in 20 seconds. Yes. Name as many characters you can in the hit movie, Police Academy. Police Academy. <laughs> oh, go. Man. I don't know. Uh, Steve Gutenberg. The guy who made the noises. <laughs> you know, the guy. <laughs> yeah, the guy. The tall guy. Hightower. Yes. One. <laughs> <laughs> the imaginative named Hightower. Because <laughs> he's tall. He says, like, a guy from Tommy's News. Uh, Time is up. Time is up. Uh, the guy from Tommy's News. <laughs> the man who fell off the building. Uh, Sergeant Hightower. The guy who makes the uh, walkie-talkie sounds. Some of the ones you missed are uh, Tack. Tackleberry. Tackle. Sweet Chuck. Sweet Chuck. <laughs> and Zed. That's a terrible category. Yeah? I feel bad for you, Pat Walsh. That's a good one. I like that one. They're, Tackleberry. They're all, they're all characters from Tommy's new <laughs> air quoting now for people who can't sing. Dr. Don. <laughs> Lieutenant cop police guy. Mario, we would have asked you how the many names. The man was allegedly <laughs> knocked into a strawberry bush by Tackleberry. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do that, nerdslinger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Tommy, in 20 seconds, this bra bomb name as many famous quarterbacks as you can. Nice. Go. All right, go. Uh, Tackleberry, uh, Eli Manning, yes. Phil Sims. Yes. Uh, Joe Montana. Yes. Uh, the the old Joe from the Jets, whatever his name is. No. Come on, come um, on, Joe. Who? Joe Elliott from Def Leppard. <laughs> uh, fucking fucking Fireball. Time's fireball. up. Time's up. Next yeah. week we have a guy on the show who you can't got three, name Tommy, who you got three. Jo- Joe Namath is. Joe Namath. That's some the guy. Of the ones you missed are Aaron Rodgers mm. and I never Drew Brees. Brees. Hey, look, wow. hey, look don't be too hard on him. He did well. He got three. Nice. Joe got four. I, I can only name one. <laughs> the guy I'm ready the to character. blow this out of the water. You sports nerds. I can only name one stereotype from the Police Academy movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet Chuck's going to lead us all to victory this yeah. season. <laughs> a throw for a thousand yards. I'm ready. All right, Mario. Yeah, I'm ready. In 20 seconds, name as many sports as you can as played with sticks. I'd love to play with sticks. Hockey. Uh, ru- uh, yes. Russia. Rugby? No. Uh, no. Highlight. Close enough, yes. Yeah. Uh, Whoops. Shit. Ho- water, po- water polo. No. <laughs> uh, horse the polo. Just polo. Five seconds. Polo. Yes. 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 That's a hammer uh, or something. One more. One more. Stick. Stick. It's a stick. mallet. Uh, a stick. Ja- uh, free jump. Free jump? You know, javelin. You also, you <laughs> also missed stick ball. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the ones you missed were sticks. Baseball. I have three. Three. Golf. Pick up sticks. Oh, that's, oh those kind of sticks. Those aren't sure, sticks. Why not? First you of all, I have a problem. I was thinking traditional sticks. You should have tried I it. I would have gave it sticks. to you. I always play with sticks. Damn it. So Listen, why I always play with time sticks? Time out. Time out. All right. Polo is not a stick. It is a stick. He's it's totally a out with it. long mallet. It's a mallet. Golf is a stick. I take it. You want to play right? I always play with sticks. I got three. I got three. I'll take it. In right. 20 seconds or less. All right. Free jump. 
Name as many. <laughs> you know, the one where they, the pole jump. Get them, Sticks. Pole jump pole, is a classic yeah, Sticks You're toy. right, Mary. Absolutely. I would have took that. The pole jump. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, yeah. Name as many drum brands as you can. Go. Oh, come on. I'm uh, vault, vault you out of here. That's not fair for me. I don't know drums. Pick one. Zildjian. Yes, one. <laughs> uh, DWS. Um, mm. Pearl. Yes. Um, Bloodwigs. Yes. Um, one more time. Dandera. Hey, stop it. That doesn't help. I'm sorry, Dan. Three, pretty good, dude. You're on Tomatalk with Dan oh, Dara. Go ahead. Close game. Sean, you got the lead. Thank you. What did I miss? <laughs> Some of the ones you missed are Dan Dara's Tomatalk. You're the best. DW. Mm. Tama, you're right. I should have got that. Mm -hmm. Tama rocks. Oh, I said DW. I said DWS, yeah, though. That counts. Sorry. No, sorry. It doesn't count. No? No, no S? Oh, well, not. drum workshop, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Give Who me knows? some credit. I don't care. Yeah. I wouldn't take Three. It. You got three. I'm annoyed by drum people who, like, think about drums. Drums. Stupid. Get a cool guitar. Right. Like Pat. Got back it from Tom to, Patty. Back to John. <laughs> stupid drum. John, name as uh, many things as you can that you wear around your neck. Um, yep. A necklace? Go. Yes. An ascot? Yes. A neckerchief? It would have been my example. An albatross? <laughs> this is a show. Um, a noose? Yes. Um, a tie? Yes. A bow tie? Yes. Know. When it's cold, you throw on a, a scarf. Yes. Leading the witness. Um, time. A, uh, a choker. I wear a choker all six. the time. Your wife's hands? Uh, I think I have six. six. Does albatross count? A no. La lanyard. No, no Jill, I'm not a slow albatross adult. Albatross was brilliant. A yoke. Bolo uh, tie. A dicky. Right, bolo. Bit of a yoke. Uh, <laughs> Technically, yoke could be my answer for every one of these questions. Bad in uh, people seconds. in the chat box oh, saying um, whiplash collar. Yeah. What the hell's a pookie bead? A priest, a priest collar. Pookie beads. That's right. One of those braces yeah, you wear when you're injured. When you're, yeah. uh, Let's move on with the game. Carlin Reed right. saying the weight of the world. Yes. Pat, uh, in 20 seconds, name as many things as you can find under the hood of a car. Go. Ooh. Oh, uh, distributor. Yes. Carburetor. Yes. Uh, alternator. Yes. Um, uh, uh, well, the tires, they're underneath there. No, under the hood. No, no. no, that doesn't count. Okay, how you know, about shocks? Under the hood. Shock. Shocks yeah. are under the hood. Kind of. Shock, shock, yeah, shocks. Right. Shock, 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 shock. You got your uh, your uh, power steering regulator. <laughs> <laughs> Make it right. sound good. Be more specific. Uh, you got, uh, Some uh, of the ones uh, you missed were windshield, windshield engine. Windshield wiper motor. I would, have, I would have took power steering box. But. You have five, sir. Five. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty I bet. Good. I don't know if I would have took shocks, yeah. though. You don't really go through the hood. To get, they're right on. When you open the, the fucking so top, you're giving the shocks them four? are right there. Shock they're not, they're not there. Oh. They're under the wheel you, well. If you got to replace them, you right go under the car, no, don't you? They, no, they go, no, they go on the top. Number 30 saying solenoid. The top of the wheel well. He's going deep. Electric valve. I'll give him five. You got six total, sir. You got to be ten to get John. John's got ten. Well, I'm ten. feeling very proud. All right, uh, who's next? Tommy. <laughs> yep, Tommy. very proud. Tommy, in uh, twenty seconds, name as many alien invasion movies as you can. Go. Mars Attacks, uh, Men at Work. No, I, I mean uh, Men in Black. <laughs> yes. Um, sort of. No, it's not really. Yeah, sure. Actually, yeah. yes. Yes. Star Wars. No. Uh, alien. Men in black. No. Aliens. No. Attacking. Attacking. Uh, attack of the clones. They invade. They have to invade. No. Um, <laughs> Your time is up. Mars Sorry, Attacks. I, I couldn't take those movies because those don't involve the Earth Gang invaded. Right. He was correct about Mars Attacks. Yes. That, that was, was the first it. one he got. And the only two. one. He got two. two. We no, need two. Uh, there was, uh, Men there was, in Black. 
Men, men, men in black. black. Okay. He, they, technically, yes. I accept it. The, the World's Fair gets in. Uh, what is some that he missed? Gets invaded. Uh, some Independence Day? Independence Day. Ah, that's what Plan I was thinking Nine of. Yeah. from Outer Space. My the favorite. Invasion yes. of the Earth. Right. War Body of the Worlds. S- or invasion of the Body Snatchers. I remember when Mario invaded my life. <laughs> Took I over. Invaders. Mario, invasion you invaded of the your wife. <laughs> Let me uh, shoot you with this memory uh, disappearing stick and Mario. come back tomorrow. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Mario in 20 seconds. Oh, I'm up. Name as many five letter words as you can that start with the letter B. Go. Bitch. Yes. Boring. Yes. Boing. No. Boring is six. Uh, Boing is correct. Oh, five letters. Boring is five. No, Boing. it's six. Bacon. Six last time I checked. Bacon. Yes. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> ba- uh, Bacon. Bar- bait. Bait. Yes. Yes. Bait. yes. Two uh, right there. Br- uh, brats. Can I pluralize? Mm. Uh, sure. Yeah. Time. Oh, I could pluralize. I'll be here forever. You did well. You do quite well for yourself. You got bacon, baked, brats. Too bad you didn't Boing. keep your own score. I didn't keep score because I... I think it was like four or five. Five. No, yeah. it had to be six. No. 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 Yeah, yeah. No. Boing. I started off with boing. Bitch. You started off with bitch. bitch. Stop. We're not going over this. Bacon. You got five. Next. No. Baked. I said bacon. Baked. Bates. <laughs> I'm giving myself six. It's five, Mario. You're out of the game. No, what? Why can't I keep score for everybody? Not one of you keep score. You can't give yourself an extra point. I'll give you six right now. Bates, you just made that up. You didn't say that. I said, I said, bitch, boing, bacon. I was Bates. You didn't say Bates. Baked. Yeah. Brats, you said. Yes, he said baked. Bates and brats. Bates, he said. No, he said. And brats. No, he didn't say Bates. He did. I did. I said, can what I What the pluralize? hell's Bates? He said it was a back-to-back. Of, like, he said it rattled it off. Just like, he said baked. He said baked, Bates. He did that. Yes, I did. So I hey, I got more than six. Let's, but let's move on with the game. More than six. I'll say six. Is there okay. a time? Stop there. What an asshole. Let's move on with the game. I can't wait till you put this on the podcast and prove yourself wrong, John. I can't wait either because I won't listen to it because I can't, just can't stand the sound of your fucking voice. <laughs> I he will also, bet you $5.46. He can also edit it. <laughs> so you're, you're not even listening. I've edited you out of the past 26 shows. Oh, so do we have a winner? Well, John is going to leave with 10. Ryan, you're up. Oh, I get to go again, right? Yeah. Ah. Ryan, you need seven to tie. Oh, boy. Has anyone got something for him? But Carlin says bathe. Uh, yes. He doesn't know that word. 20 Carlin. seconds. Name people on survi- this, this no, current Survivor. Survivor. No, don't give me Survivor. No. Do it. cares about no, that. Tell right. me their names. Give me a better one than that. Next. Well, oh, we all get to pick and Listen, choose? We can't. Would he come up with the game on the fucking air? What the hell's wrong with you guys? <laughs> you want me to come up with all right. one? All right. Ryan, in 20 seconds or less, name as many Ramones as you can. Go. No, come on. I don't want to do that question. All right. This game is over. Johnny, you win. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you're the best around. I raise my glass. Thank you me. can't. De- do we decline you, Ryan? What? We don't decline you. No, no, no. I'm going to. I'd be embarrassed to uh, right. struggle through oh, that. Oh, I struggle. see. I see. Always the game yeah. master, never the game player. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations, John. Pat, Enjoy you're still here. Enjoy that free pass, wife. <laughs> Thank you. I'm the best around. Everyone go fuck us off. Because you stole CJ, I would have got a certain distance, but, you know, Marky, but I know. But. I didn't get Joe Namath. You could have got a Tommy Ramone. Mm, you're right. Yeah. I would have struggled on Tommy, I think. Uh, Struggle. Before we go, Tommy did a, an incredible science experiment. He put hot sauce on a piece of a penny 
And look, it's totally clear. All I've the tarnish yeah. is gone. I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. Tommy, that's amazing. Is this what's going right. on in my Welcome. stomach? Welcome, Welcome to first, gra- first grade earth science. <laughs> like Mario Osaro. <laughs> people I like, never oh, saw that. You know, like uh, Coca-Cola could like, clean your engine. You know what else can clean shit? Water. <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I use Windex sometimes. Yeah. Listen, po- the, poison is the, the, the poison is in the dose. Speaking he of poison, I'm, anything I'm going to see okay. poison tomorrow night at Nassau Coliseum. Everyone's excited for you. <laughs> you What's wanna... up with all these bad bands you're going to see, Tommy? Not bad. <laughs> Let me know how uh, the concourses still stink. Uh, Sounds like Tommy drew the shortest straw. We'll be back right after this. Will we? Oh. Yeah, let's take a break. Yeah, let's take a five-minute break. Yeah. I can't take it. Oh, like wow. I'm still going to have a little, uh, little poison for you. <laughs> their greatest hits. Poison's greatest hits. That was a tour, right? Metallica and Poison. Yeah. And live from the Barrage Radio Note, back after this. Yeah, look what the cat dragged in. I don't know what to do with the rest of this show. Now, now, now it's the time for like Mario to really have something to say, and he wants let's quit. I have plenty let's to quit. say. No, let's just quit. No, yeah, but no, I gotta no, stand here for. No- okay, I'm in. Speak, done. Don't, be, don't quit on me. We're going to have our Fridays back. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Not you, Pat. I've been talking to Metallica. I know. <laughs> it's it's Mario Asaro. I, I, I knew that you were talking to Metallica. Mario Asaro! I, I want to tell you of the men. <laughs> that you can write to your straight so state controller. So Sicilian. This is what you've come up with for the NSA. You gotta, I have a Mario check wants here. you to write to your state controller. I have a check here made out to me for $30. <laughs> and you don't know it, but you have money that you don't know about. And every few months, oh, I, I find money coming my way. Yeah, I tried to do that. It says I have money. And then I, try, I, go, I go like halfway through the login pro- process. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. Mario is uh, it's easy Sicilian. to do, John. I, I looked you up. You, you don't got anything coming. Oh, really? No, I do. It says I do. We need your social security You got number. nothing. I have shit from ASCAP. And Don't look me up. Account. And your PIN number. <laughs> Mario. Sorrow. <laughs> Take five, man. Mario. Sorrow. Yeah. All right. So what are we doing? I have nothing to say. Let's go home. Okay. <laughs> no. And that's no, the Mario segment. Patrick, I can't believe you're here. Uh, I have a theory that you and Colette are the same person. I've never seen you two together. Is this true? And this is why John is so nice to you most of the time. I can't figure it out. Brad in the chat box saying it would be great to hear from Mario after his long silence tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brad. And uh, is it true or not, Pat? Yeah. Are the you the same person? Is this like a Clark Kent Lois Lane go- thing going on here? I, all I know Clark is I just... Clark Kent Lois Lane. No, it would be more of a Clark Kent Superman thing so happening. So are you really Pat or are you really Colette? I'm and sorry then- I asked. I'm really glad. Um, I went down to the basement just now, and Ryan, your children are sleeping on my couch down there. I was surprised. Oh, yeah, they're staying here tonight. Oh, I didn't know that. I forgot to tell you. They they, they find it to be very luxurious since there's no plastic on it. (laughs) (laughs) We're used to sticking to the couch. I bring them here, and I say, go find somewhere to lay down. They've never felt fabric against their skin. Well, it's a big. Uh, I hear your kids have moved on to the PlayStation platform, there, John. They both still uh, sleep in the bottom drawer. My br- my brother, 
<laughs> my, bro- my brother uh, bought this PlayStation for my son for his birthday, and you're not going to understand the shit I had to go through to hook this thing up. And then I got to buy the thing. Should have called PlayStation well, Mary. Mary would now, be happy because she's always part, to be pissed cool, off uncle. that you were Xboxers. Now she'd be happy. You got to be cool, Uncle. He breezed in with the PlayStation and then split. When and then left me holding up. the fucking bag. Uh-huh. Exactly. exactly, right. And now I got to hook the thing up. Not only do I have to hook it up, right. but he wanted hooked up to his computer monitor, right? So I figured that out. Mm-hmm. But it's over HDMI, the internet. B. Was that Brian or Mike? No, the computer monitor has no HDMI. So oh, after that's totally Brian right there. Oh, Brian, yeah, Brian. Yeah. Uh-huh. So after the, all that nonsense, I, I, I figured out how to, to, to PlayStation is a thing where you could transfer it over the internet. Like, so if you're in like Mexico or something, you could play your PlayStation if you left it on at home. It's pretty cool, actually. Mm. But then, uh, you know, it was all laggy and shit. So anyway, to make a long story short, I had to fucking buy a TV. <laughs> so I take the I take the kid to Best Buy. He's like, "Well, I don't know." I'm like, "Listen, just buy a new TV. They're like 199 dollars. You have birthday money. I ain't paying for shit. And we're going go. to Best Buy, and you bring your money with you. And then, of course, we would go to Best Buy, and uh, you know, it's 217 dollars. And he, I had to give him a lesson about tax and how we yeah, he's totally out. <laughs> you gotta have tax. Why he's like, pay? "Well, I only have 200. I'm like, "Well, you're totally out then, because that's not the way capitalism works. Come you on. can't have the TV. You didn't throw him a 17 dollars. No, on, Johnny." Of course I, I did. And I, I don't see the kid breaking down the box either, right? Oh, the box, the styrofoam. Yeah, who, did, who took care of that? You should have had this whole, this whole can of worms started, and, then, and there they're still sitting back going, Uncle Brian's great, mm. but Dad's a jerk. Right, so now I have Aiden in the basement who never comes out of the basement, and now this kid's never leaving his room either with the PlayStation. It's a, oh, a whole it's, thing. it's not in the basement? No, he demanded. He wanted his room because he doesn't want to share with Aiden. They, 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 Aiden's become a real hermit. He's a, he, just, he just jumped out of the bed and scared the crap out of me down there. <laughs> I didn't know he was in the bed. I'm Listen, like, hey, I was girls. a basement like dweller. You better watch out. That's bad news when you live in the basement. I know. Believe me, I'm keeping an eye on it. I know what goes down and what happens in those basements. Hey, turn those lights on. <laughs> I don't like the lights being off. Once you've been down, you never come back up. Well, I got a bed down there because of the guests we had over, and then Colette's like, thinks we should take it out because... They're like teenage kids. You know, do we want to, Do I want a bed in my basement with teenage boys hanging hey, around? Hey, I don't like those lights off down there. Let's leave you some. Turn the lights back on. Leave some room for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Weiland. Yeah. And the whole fucked up thing about it is all I've ever wanted to do is live in the basement. Right? Your kids you like, can't even have it. Your kids are like Scott Weiland appeared to me in the bathroom next to show stall. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have the basement, John. <laughs> really? What did he say? Like, I don't know. Something interstate freeway love song. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Some shit. By the way, my son is a 47 year old teamster. <laughs> interstate love song, Look, some shit. No, I don't fucking know. As good as impression as I got. I'm all out of impressions, John. <laughs> you know, I asked you guys to come up with one thing, one Scott Weiland impression. And nobody could do. I have to repurpose my voice. I, I got something we could talk about. Don't tell the audience we're, we're desperate. No, no, so. Never let him see you sweat, man. I went to it's go. It's Mr. Fry who got hurt at Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Tommy? What the is picture it? couldn't be clearer. I went to go see the band Trans Am this week. Yeah, I heard that they got stuck in the LaGuardia Airport. Yeah, four and, or and a half hours, and they missed their flight to oh, Paris. Well, that's because the Trans Am always has that front wheel drive. It always fits pals. Trans Am. Trans Am. Is that something I should know about? Yeah, it's only another guest we've had on that you forgot. Oh, I love that band. Thank you. <laughs> Phil Manley, Mario. Don't remember Phil Manley? 
I do like remember. Phil Manley. He doesn't remember Lemon Coke. <laughs> Listen, just because I don't remember doesn't mean I don't appreciate things. This afternoon. <laughs> I think you're wrapping up. I think we should. Listen, I'm going to plug this every week. Don't shit on it. April 29th. ActionNetwork.org. Get involved. It's Climate Awareness Month. Do it. What is that, Mary? When is Self Awareness Month? <laughs> is that coming anytime? Climate it's awareness. Disney. Yeah, I know. <laughs> sounds like a, you just sounds like a PSA me. during a commercial from Inspector Gadget. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. What can I do? Well, just keep on doing what you're doing. You're helping out. You're doing a great job. Mary, are you looking to go marching again in Washington? I don't know. March, uh, Washington or New York. I don't know. I have to look at my schedule. But I was there in 1990. You know, Earth, Earth March started in 1970. But now more than ever, this shit is important. This man is insane. Have I told you we're on the brink of nuclear war? No, you haven't told me that, I don't think. Well, it's true. Look it up. It's on Google. <laughs> Mario learns what Google is. Everyone, Google Donald Trump and DRI. Thank as you, Doris. As long as we go out on a high note, right? <laughs> yeah. Mario wants everyone to know we're all doomed. Thank you. And well, the uh, nuclear war. It's like Berlin, 1939. 1939. I don't know what the fuck is going on here. John, don't forget. Happening. Also, next week, we're working on that... Uh, that special simulcast with Iggy Pop. Oh yeah, what's up? What's up for next week, Tommy? Oh, really? yeah. Well, that's what I'm working on. That's what that's what we got. And this with pro- Night Flight. With Night Flight, we might be broadcasting uh, simulcast. So with- instead of music breaks, we'll be uh, trying to tap into the Iggy Pop live show simulcast. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's, that's what we're hoping to do. So. Don't we have a guest? <clears throat> oh, we don't know yet. We don't Tommy know Rockstar. yet. Okay, not n- announceable. Not announceable. Right. Okay. It's the new guitarist in Tesla. <laughs> I'm gonna lock that one in tomorrow. Jimmy night. Juicy from Port St. Lucie. It's gonna be the, the Zamboni guy from yeah. NASA Coliseum. That's right. <laughs> yes. Stringing guitar man will be in next week. He's the uh, new. It's now a six-man acoustical jam in Tesla, apparently, and Tommy will be with his his uh, hair metal report. Will be here next week, so we don't know. We got a big show that we're going to have big huge, guests coming huge, up. Huge. You, you don't even understand the guests that we have coming up lined up in yeah, the next really couple do. weeks. It's going to knock your fucking yeah. socks off. It's going to make your head spin. Woo. Thank you. Gonna do all sorts of things. I can't the fucking, wait. Fucking uh, the pain shoots through your brain. Fireball. <laughs> a lot of shit. The Ayatollah of Pensacola. <laughs> Smarts, don't it? <laughs> they played this song too. That's the news. I would say that they would. He remembered us, by the way. He's like, "You guys were the guys on the radio. You made me laugh." Oh, good. Yeah. So, of course, he remembered us. Everyone remembers me. Uh, Phil Manley from Trans Am. Uh, okay. Oh, you talked to him? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Leah's good friends with him, so we had a little powwow afterwards. Nice guy. Very good guy. Good guest. Yeah, tell him I forgot all about his band. Sorry, okay. Phil. I think he's, he's crying in his pudding right now, Mario. <laughs> um, I want to thank our guest, Greg W. Prince, who's written the book Piazza, Catcher, Slugger, Icon, Star, available from uh, Skyhorse Publishing, also on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookstores nope. everywhere, fine bookstores everywhere. Thank you, Greg, for joining in. And, of course, Andrew Falcus from Future to the Left. Christian well, Fitness guess. and McCluskey. I mean, Jesus God. That's I mean, great. That's we forgot like to a ask dream. him if he wipes standing up or sitting down. A dream guest. He told me off the air. He sits down. I want to hear more, more Billy Corgan stories out of that dude. Hopefully we'll have it. He never met him, he said. Uh, that's <laughs> great. He hates him without meeting him. So you Hope heard him all. One day we'll have him back on because he sounds like a, a guy I could talk to for a long time. A long time. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, uh... That's it, right, Ryan? I apologize. <laughs> and the rest. I'm so fucking sorry. <laughs> I'm 
I'm sorry I'm here every fucking yes. week. Three more seconds of comedy. <laughs> Mario, do you want to yell at me a little bit? Seconds of Gilligan's Island. Hilarious I will just drink from Sherwood my box Schwartz. of wine and sit here in the corner until next week. See ya. I love you. I thank you for being here. I was hoping As you'd be I here on time. I do too, John. I wrote in my notes, too. Mario on time. Did he, he did show up on time. But I forgot to tell you to show up on time, but you did anyway. Thank you. You did. You told me last week during poker. You don't remember what you say to me. I had an idea that I had this idea that I was going to be here interviewing Falco by myself. I'm like, oh, That's man. why I rushed over here, dude. This is going to so suck. But thank you, guys. Everyone showed up. Right? Except for Ryan. I'm pretty much always early. You are, yeah, Pat's on time. You're all dependable. That's why we don't care if you have to leave, Pat, because you're always here. Thank you. <laughs> I'm always five Otherwise, John would be alone staring at the TV wondering what the fuck is going on. Listen, I totally oh, did not want to do this show. If he's looking at the, if he's looking <laughs> not because of the guest friends. Just I was feeling like shit. The Islanders. This is my problem. <laughs> I sleep all... I get sick. I sleep all day. I work these midnight shifts. Those and are Tesla then, lyrics. And then finally, at 1120 at night, I feel like I'm ready. I sleep all day. Thank you. <laughs> Party all night. I go to work. See for Barry and Is it time to say see you next week? Yeah. Well, we're back with the I'm happy recap. I'm a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> the modern day. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thank Good night. You. Yeah. Tune in to the Top Dollar Hour with Tuna Can Jones. That's in 100 minutes. Thank you.
Denim and leather brought us all together, but it was you that set the spirit free. Good night. Hey, listen, have a have a good trip, Susie. Bye bye. Think about me, all right? <laughs> oh man, oh man, do I hate them fancy lads? Because the light was on.